everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Caleb Mason. My name is Todd Hicksonball, a.k.a. The Todd Father. And we have a super ginormous episode for you today. Y'all, this is going to be ridiculous. Todd, why is the episode like over two hours long? Well, normally, what do we do, Caleb? We, we bring somebody on, we interview them. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's what, about an hour? Usually, mm-hmm. is that what we do? Well, we decided that today what we were going to do is we were going to bring back some of the favorite guests that you guys have had over the last year. Some of our friends, people who who we hang out with, we know off the podcast. Um, and we just decided that we were going to talk to them. We were going to ask them a couple questions. All Everybody's been asked the same question. And we were just going to put a bunch of them together and edit it all together and have fun. Yeah, we asked them, hey, what did you learn in 2018? What are some of the things you started, stopped doing, and then what are you most looking forward to in 2019? And and so we edited all those bad boys together, and that gives you what we have today. So how many how many people did we bring on this, Caleb? So we have like nine or ten people. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. And we have some phenomenal conversations. And next week, on next week's episode, we're going to get into what we learned about. And that one is a great time. And we're gonna we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of literally everything. Y'all are gonna get from, to see how much of a sinner I am with the music that I from listen to. Books to music we've learned from to movies to podcasts to what we've learned in culture. This is just gonna to, be a good time. To the questions that we just asked, we ask each other those questions. Ooh. It is going to be an episode that you don't want to miss. And Todd, what's the best way to make sure you don't miss that episode? Well, the best way to make sure that you don't miss it is by subscribing to the podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, you make sure that you never miss it. It will be dropped right into your podcast feed. Also, while you're at it, why not? Because you're already there. You might as well leave us a rating and write a review. Five-star reviews only, please. And... When you do that, it actually helps us out. If you've been enjoying any of the content that we've been putting out through our episodes, we just highly encourage you and ask you that you would go ahead and leave us a rating and write a review. It helps us out by boosting our ratings in iTunes, which is basically like the end-all, be-all of podcast directories. So please go ahead and do that, and then tune in because next week this episode is going to be awesome. But today, Caleb... We got something cool brewing. Yes, as we mentioned earlier, we are talking with several people on today's podcast and asking them what they learned in 2018. And we decided that we, we're we going to kick things off with our friend Stuart Hall. Stuart's been on the podcast a few times. He's been on episode 41 and on episode 110 as well. So, Stuart is a good friend of ours, and we're going to kick it off with him right now. Well, Stuart, we're so excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Merry Christmas. Happy Ho-Ho. Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) Did you say Happy Ho-Ho? Happy (laughs) Ho-Ho. Yeah, that's what we used to say to our children when they were little. I love it. I just, yeah, I'm just having a flashback to those early years with our kids. All right. So, Stuart, um, again, we brought you on to, to, to be a part of this end of the year kind of what are people learning um, through through 2018. And I guess the first question we wanted to ask you is what's something that you over the last over the last year that you're excited about that you've, you've learned or that you've grown um, in and, and that you're just super excited about it? 
Well, I mean, I made a list because you guys are so good about giving me a heads up about what direction that we're going to go as it relates to our conversation. One thing that I've learned this year is that there's not a bigger, the only bigger cult than CrossFit people is Enneagram people. I've learned that this year. What about vegans? Uh, No, no. Enneagram people far outpace the the vegan. Um, You don't really have to ask CrossFit people if they do CrossFit. They tell you they do CrossFit when they see you. Um, But the Enneagram cult is certainly rather large. All all kidding aside, um, I think there are a couple things I've learned this year, uh, whether it's not – to say that I didn't understand or know these things before this year, but this year has so amplified some of the lessons. I've learned that Jesus changes everything. I've known that this year has really amplified and illustrated that. Um, I've learned that love is the only only thing worth everything. And I, and, Part of that lesson is rooted in the fact that Jesus is everything. I've learned that my wife, Kelly, is more beautiful, more mysterious, more intoxicating this very second than she was the last second. Um, this has been a year where that has really made itself evident to me. She's like fine wine. Um, I've, I've learned how deeply I admire I, I mean, I love our three young adult children so much, but I've learned this year with them. It's it's a very inspiring thing to me to watch all three of our kids chase the greatest version of the person God created them to be in their own way. Um, that that's kind of rattled me this year. I've also learned just how brave a teenager that's trying in this culture really is. I think too many times we, you cannot over difficult it is to follow Jesus in this culture and be a teenager. Um, Listen to intuition in the areas where you don't have any experience. Uh, because your intuition isn't informed, I've learned that my biggest, this is a great lesson I learned this year, that my biggest critic is the most bold when I'm the weakest. Like, the insecurity in me is loudest when I am I am at my worst. Uh, here's a heads up to all your parents. I've learned this year that little girls don't stay little forever. They wind up, they grow up. Strong women that can change the world. Seeing that in our course, um, there is. I've learned this year that there's something there's something worse than not getting something right and it's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I have a sneaky suspicion there are some listeners uh, listening, and you're not doing something because you can't get it perfect. There's something worse than that, and it's doing anything. Um, I've learned that the pride for raising your voice on things that matter is pretty steep. Learned that from our youngest daughter this year. 
I've learned that social media is where cowards go to feel important. There's an awful lot of keyboard gangsters in the world. And it's interesting how they love to hide uh, on the other side of of uh, their computer or their phone. This has been the most painful years of family, but we've learned basically or personally just how real and prevalent racism and prejudice is. Um, but I've also, in the same vein, learned just how powerful love is. And then the last thing I would say is that I am learning, but this has been the year where I have learned what John meant when he said that those who claim to live in God should live their lives as Jesus did and lived. That that means something more to me this year than it has in years past. So that's what I would say. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. I love how thoughtful you are. Um, by the way, listeners, Stuart is very is is very well known for being incredibly well prepared when he comes into these things. But I, I love listening to you talk about things that you're learning or things that that you're thinking about, because I think that what you what you what you got down to with a lot of those things is is that um, you're so passionate. <clears throat> And it comes out, it just, it comes out in the things that you've been learning this year. So I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Can you talk about, you know, the, the last thing that you mentioned about learning from John, was there a particular moment that helped you learn that, or was it just kind of a gradual thing throughout the year? Well, I, <clears throat> if, if, and complete transparency and vulnerability, the the gift that social media gives us in the climate that we are living in adds to people that I have uh, admired and still love and know. Uh, it, there are a couple of things that kind of intertwine this. We, we're, there's no question that 2018 has been a tumultuous, crazy year in our country from a political standpoint, from a race standpoint, from a gender standpoint, from, I mean, you can name it. And I'm not on Facebook. I am on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. My wife is on Facebook. And what those, what those entities have allowed me to do to peek into the minds and the hearts of people who I think have a legitimate relationship with Jesus, but there, for some reason, there's, in my opinion, there's a disconnect in their belief system and their life, mm -hmm. uh, who it is that they say that they trust and how it is that they live their life. Um, and I just am more and more convinced that what John talked about when he said, if you claim to live in God, then you should live your life the way Jesus did, that there are some things that we are quick to speak truth about that Jesus applied in a different way that, than we are so abhorrently defending. Um, you know, he, he was completely full of grace and completely full of truth at the same time. I just want to be that way. 
Um, I was having a great conversation with a dear friend just yesterday about the fact that when you read the Gospels and Jesus' interactions with people, they're not, not every case, but the vast majority of those cases, he extended grace in public and he presented truth privately. Mm-hmm. The only people that he consistently didn't do that with were religious people who were so dogmatic about what they believed and at the expense of the people that they were oppressing or judging or persecuting. Mm-hmm. With those people, he was incredible, you know, tantrum, you know, that's why he's flipping tables and stuff like that. I want to be that way. I want to, I want, I want, I live in God and I want to live my life the way Jesus did. I want to extend grace to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Stuart, what are, what are some things that you've either started or stopped doing in 2018 that's just been life-changing for you? And it could be yeah. either, either things that you started or stopped. Yeah, I, that's a great question. I have, uh, and if you if you listen to some of the podcasts that I am uh, a part of uh, consistently, you heard me reference Dr. Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. One of the things that I've started doing because of that book is so that I have started asking myself, is this person doing the absolute best that they can do? That that has been an absolute game changer for me. That with every interaction relations relationally, is this person doing the absolute best that they can do? Um, I've started being more brave. I think too many of us choose our path and we choose the things that we're chasing. We choose our mission. Um out of fear and we disguise it mentality, when in reality we're just scared to death to do something different and i i refuse to live that way anymore so i've started being a lot more brave um i do without being emotionally attached to the results um that's a very interesting difficult process but it's one i think we all need to for some reason, we are so driven in our culture <clears throat> by sometimes you doing what God has created you to do is the the measurables are intangible, and that's okay. Um, I don't want to get emotionally entangled in results. I want to do what God wants me to do. Uh, started making more moves and less announcements. I want to be that guy that over delivers and under promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've started eating Brussels sprouts. <laughs> before, <laughs> uh, before this year, I felt like eating a Brussels sprout would what it would be like if you ate a fart. <laughs> our our oldest daughter started making Brussels sprouts. She's real health conscious, and she started making Brussels sprouts. I'm in love with eating Brussels sprouts. I'm pretty proud of myself on that one. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry to all your listeners who just got grossed out because I compared it to eating a fart. Um, I have stopped. <laughs> I have stopped, uh, or I'm trying to stop having to know. One of the things, again, that Dr. Brown has taught me is that 
I can't be empathetic if I have to know. I, I can't be empathetic if I need to know. If I can't be a learner, I cannot be empathetic. And perspective requires that I'm more of a learner than a knower. So I want to be a learner. I want to ask questions. So I'm trying to stop having to know. I'm trying to stop blaming things. People who blame things don't change things. And we are living in a such a time where everybody wants to point the finger and blame things instead of trying to change things. So I want to be a changer, not a blamer. And I'm, I have stopped expecting things that I haven't earned. I am the poster child for doing 250 crunches in a day and then taking my shirt off and looking in the mirror and going, where's my six pack? I haven't earned the, earned the six pack yet. So I'm trying to stop expecting things that I haven't earned. And then finally, what are you most looking forward to learning about in 2019? Yeah, that's a great question. I am looking forward to learning what's next for our three children. Uh, our, our son is living in another country. Our daughter next year will be a senior in college. Our I did to learn what, what does God have next for them? Um, I'm also, for the first time in 23 years, Kelly and I will not have people that we brought into the world living with us next year. And so I'm looking forward to learning what that's like. I'm, we know that we will be devastated in many ways, that we will be empty nesters, but there's another side of that that's incredibly exciting um, to see what's next for us as a couple. Um, um, I, you know, I fall more in love with my wife every single day. So being empty nesters will not be without its challenges. We've already had youngest is graduating early. So actually her last week of high school is next week. She takes exams next week and she graduates from high school and will enroll in college in January to play soccer. So, wow. um, yeah, it, empty nest has creaked on us much faster than we thought, but um, I think we're both really excited for them and excited for our next chapter as well. So th that's what I'm, that's where my mind is right now. Mm -hmm. Well, Stuart, thanks so much for, again, for being on the Learner's Corner podcast. If people want to continue to to follow you and learn from you, where's the best place for them to go to do that? Uh, I love brusselsprouts.com. No, uh, stop it. You can, you, can, you can follow me on Twitter at Instagram, I think, as I am Stuart Hall, and Stuart is spelled S T U A R T, not the satanic way, S T U W A R T, but the godly way, S T U A R T. I am Stuart Hall, and then uh, the initiative that I am a part of is called Influencer, uh, in I-N-F-L-U-N-S-R dot co. And, and, um, and if, if y'all are wondering, that's because in his old age, Stuart has forgot to how to spell. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I, will, I will refrain from making a smart aleck comment about that. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to, oh. to be patient. <laughs> 
Well, Stuart, thanks so much for coming on and hanging out with us. Man, I'm honored that you guys, for some reason, keep inviting me on here. Thank you. Man, that was a great conversation with Stuart. He's always so inspiring. Don't forget that if you want to connect with Stuart, hit him up on social media. I'm sure he'll, he'd love to hear from you. Also, you can find out what he's doing at influencer.co. By the way, if you're already into this thing and you're looking at the timestamp and you're saying, oh my goodness, I have a whole long way to go, Caleb and I have got you covered. Listen, go to your podcast player and turn it on to one and a half or two times speed. You'll get through this bad boy quickly and you get to have all the knowledge with us accompanying you just a little bit faster. So if you're, if you're thinking, oh man, I can't do this, go do that, homie. Now, for our next friend. The next person that we're going to talk with is our guy, Sam Collier. Hey. And unfortunately, Todd was not able to make this recording, so he got missed out. So you're going to get to hear this for the first time with everybody else. Well, actually, I edited it, so there's that. There is that. So Sam... <laughs> Like we said, Sam has been a great friend of the pod. He also has the Greater Story podcast. Which, by the way, if you haven't listened yet to the episode that they, he did with the members of 116 Reach Records. Go ahead and check that out. Tadashi's on there. What Up RG's on there. 1K. If you, uh, just go check it out. They're talking about The Gift, their new album. Go check out A Greater Story with Sam Collier. And also, go find his book, Find Your Voice. Go buy that thing now and enjoy our conversation with Sam Collier. Well, Sam, we're so excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Man, I'm so honored to be here, man. I, um, I'm a fan, as usual. You know, um, love you guys. Uh, love being a part of this family. Believe in this platform and uh, just believing that it's going to continue to do great things, man. Yeah. Just as we get started, what are you most excited about right now? Man, probably marriage. Yeah? Yeah, marriage. I, I, you know, I feel like everything flows out of that, out of the family, you know? Um, especially when, when you get married. It's, if, 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 if your marriage is hitting, then you're hitting on everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I've been married now for two and a half years. And so the great thing for me is, you know, those first two years, you're really just figuring each other out. You're like, okay, now. You, uh, you like pumpkin pie or do you like, you know, uh, uh, chocolate or what do you, you know? And so that journey of figuring each other out can be cumbersome, but it's it's exciting because, I mean, it's, you, you learn. You have to learn how to honor each other and really uh, serve each other, even though it may not be something you might do. It's okay, okay, I don't eat chocolate pie, but you do, so I'm going to buy two pies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, I'm excited about marriage, man. I feel like we've... Um, we, we've really started to learn each other well and uh, and just are really complimenting each other, man. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about um, just kind of innovation and figuring out new ways to reach people and new ways to uh, partner with different organizations and how I can really help and how, you know, uh, I can be of help um, to other to other folks. So, yeah, I was just listening the other day. Um, to your episode with Nona Jones from Facebook. Oh, man. Oh, Nona! Oh, my goodness. That was such a great episode. We'll link to that in the show notes in case anyone hasn't listened to it. Um, what, sure. What's one, um, what's one, 
Well, let me go back to the marriage thing. What's one uh, piece of advice that you would say, you know what, doing this one thing has really helped um, in my marriage right now? Oh, man. Um, learning that it's okay to give each other space. You know, like, I think for a long time, especially especially because me and Tony are so similar, um, that when you get married and you kind of get this whole concept of, of the, the one, you know, uh, in a sense, if you believe in that or whatever, or the, or even the concept of the two shall become one, which I think we all believe in. Um, you you really just try to be the same person. You was like, okay, I'm gonna be like you, you know. Um, and learning that it's okay that um, that we're that we're different, and it's okay to be different in a marriage, and it's okay to have our own identity. And the essence of marriage is this idea of and this concept of trying to help each other be more like who the other person is um, authentically and, and giving each other space to be us and complimenting each other. And so I think, you know, for us uh, early on, you know, we would just try to be like each other. Like, well, you like this? Uh, okay, I'm gonna just do that, even though you may not like it. And but you think that's what you're supposed to do because you're married, well, the two shall become one. So that means I gotta be like you. And it's like, no, 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 it's okay. And so I think we the biggest thing for us was learning how to let each other be different and celebrating that difference so i i think uh you know that's been great mm -hmm. and then for for the innovation and learning to connect with people in different ways um what what's one thing that's helped you with that on your platform yeah man so one of the things that i have found is i am not a typical thinker and so Sometimes, you know, I may come up with ideas and think everybody, you know, thought about it or may think that way and, and, and they just don't. And so for me, um, learning how to spend more time on meeting with people and and uh, uh, talking a lot before you try to do something really has helped me to bridge the different partnerships we've been able to bridge. You version is one. Mm -hmm. um, and I just flew out there and we just sat down, man. And we, we talked for maybe an hour, two hours. Just like, what would it look like for us to help each other? And you really got to talk that thing out because sometimes you'll try things and it's like, oh man, I thought that would work. And then it's like, well, that doesn't really help them. That's just helping me or vice versa. And so what I have found is, you know, in the past, we, I would just jump into, into relationships business-wise and partnership-wise and hope that it worked out. And it may not have been the best fit and we end up having to restructure it anyway. So for me, learning how to structure it well on the front end, learning how to take calculated risk instead of just big risk has been, has been incredible because I think it's, it's, it's really helping the long run be sustained some relationships. Mm -hmm. So Sam, the theme that we want to do for this episode is we want to kind of pick your brain on some of the things that you've learned in 2018. So what, what's a couple of things that you've learned this year? Yeah, man, I think, you know, the biggest one, I, I hope, and, you know, not to try to sound redundant, but maybe I can expound on it in a different mm -hmm. way, you know, that communication is everything. Now, I, I, and obviously I knew that, and I think we all know that, but in business, you know, really asking the question of, you know, really to over communicating on the front end. Hey, what do you think about this? All right, don't assume that that uh what you think is what everybody else is thinking and you know i think the more i do business the older i get um the more cultures i do business with the more i start to understand you know there, there really are different styles of people 
Mm-hmm. You know, people think differently. And I think when you when you grow up, you kind of live in your world and you think everybody um, is, 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 is similar to you, similar to marriage, but in a different way. You just like, oh, well, everybody does this and everybody would do this. And not everybody does that. And everybody processes things differently. Um, people uh, uh, move differently. Some people, it takes them longer to really understand some. Some people need to meet with you and then go away and think about it and then come back the next week and go, all right, now here's what I think about what you said. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so I think giving giving uh, giving space, which is in you know related to communication, giving uh, people the uh, proper space to be them, which I guess it sounds just like marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but giving them space to be them um, and, and, and not just, and not just space, but learning how to adapt and, um, and understand their difference, um, and, and why, and, and changing as a leader to talk differently to different people, um, it has been, has been phenomenal for me, for sure. Um, also I think on the, uh, you know, so one communication two I would say, uh, consistency and, um, uh, 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 thinking outside of the box has been something that's been kind of really good for me, like trying new things, not not doing what everybody else is doing mm-hmm. just because it's working. It's like, no, you know, I, I found a, a good mentor of mine told me once, sometimes it's not about being the early bird to catch the worm. Sometimes it's about going where the other birds are not. And then he said, you can get up whenever you want to get up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that for me, it's been figuring that out. It's like, and it's not not trying to be like not competitive or competitive, but really just going, you know, where's the need? Everybody's over here, so I'm I'm a maybe I can go over here because there's a need for that over there. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, that that's been really helpful for me. So I want to go back. You talked about you know communication is key and getting to know people, um, especially whenever it comes to biz, like business and stuff or any type of partnerships. What have you found that helps you get to know people quickly? Because especially if you're meeting someone maybe for the first time and you're trying to figure them out, um, it could be a little bit of a difficult thing if you're trying to figure out, okay, how can I communicate to them the best so that this meeting can go over well, but I don't really know them that well? Yeah, you know, I would say, one, ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I think a lot of times people in meetings, when you're first meeting somebody, especially in partnerships, we, we, you know, we want to walk away feeling good. Everybody wants to walk away feeling good. Like, okay, that was great. The energy was great. And sometimes you need to do that for sure. But if like, for me, if I'm flying into a city and I'm going to have a meeting, and I'm flying back to where I'm going. Uh, that means I only really got an hour, two hours with you. And then I'm not going to see you for another month, two months. So in that, I try to have the hard conversations first. So mm-hmm. think about the worst that could happen. And talk about that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh yeah. And so it's like, so what happened? So like, me and you and uh, Ty were trying to figure out um, how we could partner together. I my my first couple of questions would be, okay, you know, I would talk about the good stuff, like, hey, we could do this and we could do that and we could do that. And I would get on the same page and I said, well, now, now just before we get off the phone, you know, let's say something happens and we have an episode that comes out on the same day or is around the same topic, but we're trying to complement each other. What do we do when we both are pushing out the same kind of content? Do we want to stack? And in those conversations, some people may go, oh, Lord, that's going to bring up tension, Mm -hmm. right? But that's actually, one, tension brings about growth. But two, 
it's in the hard moments that you really learn what you need to know. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, don't be afraid to have the hard conversations in love first. And I always preface them with, hey, I'm going to ask a kind of a deep question uh, for the purpose of understanding each other um, and, 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 and protecting ourselves down the road. And everybody goes, great, great, great. So it kind of buffers them as opposed to just coming out with a deep question out of nowhere. Everybody's like, whoa. So, <laughs> you know, you, you got to pick and choose. You don't do it yeah. all up front. But, you know, I, I would say try to have a little bit of, of a deep moment, you know. Cool. What is uh, something that you've started doing or stopped doing in 2018 that has helped you a lot? Hmm. What is one thing I've started doing or stopped doing? Or if you've got multiple things, whatever it is, what have you started or stopped doing that's that's helped you a lot? Yeah, I think for me, man, I think I started to. Um. You know, I've said this earlier, but it, but it really is true. And maybe I can expound on a little more. It's different, but it's the same. Just just getting outside of my world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've started to understand that it is a big world out here, man. And when you grow up in a certain industry or even have success in a certain or on a certain platform, or in a certain circle, um, in church, in media, in business, whatever, you again, you tend to think that that's all there is, and you mm-hmm. and you strategize for that. And a lot of times, I see a lot of people make the mistake of thinking that that is all that it is, and so they get frustrated when it stops moving, maybe the way they thought it should move, or the way it moved a year ago, or, you know, and and people get frustrated, and they get territorial, and all these other things, instead of just knowing that, you know, influence, I believe, is seasonal. Um, It gets bigger, and then it changes. And then, you know, hopefully, if you're doing it well, you're introducing new people. And, you know, and so the time to, 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 to uh, expand is when you're, is when your influence is growing. That's the time to span. When when you're bringing people up that are not uh, that are not necessarily in those circles, that's the time to expound on it. And you find that you grow and you you know in the ebb and flow of influence. I think well, it's just in my opinion. So I think for me, it's been going. You know what? It's a big world out here. Let me go explore. You know, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's been good for me. It's made me more creative. It has caused me, I think, to be more uh, world-rounded, have a have, have a larger worldview. Um, and so I think that's that's been good. But also, the thing some I've stopped doing is, I think I've, I've well, I guess it's a start and stop. I've started to um, be more comfortable in my own skin. You know, understanding that not everything is for me. I remember one, one, one day I told myself, you know, not every, you, not every stage is your stage. Mm-hmm. You know, because I speak a lot. You know, not every stage is your stage. Not every interview is your interview, but the ones that are yours are yours. You know, so be excited about that and continuously look for uh, the places that are for you. So, was there something that helped you become more comfortable with who you are and realizing that not every stage or every platform is for you? Um, yeah, I think the more I got friends that did the same thing that I did, mm-hmm. uh, the more the more I started to be more comfortable. Um, also, I think um, 
that's a good question. Let me I want let me ponder on that for yeah. one second, just so that I can give you the right answer. What is one thing that really helped me become comfortable in my own skin? Um I think that I got tired of trying to become everything for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think early on in influence and in leadership, when you're helping people and you are merging with, um, spaces that you've always wanted to be in, you know, you, you desire to just become what's necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, to be relevant and that is a very lonely journey, man. It's not very fulfilling because at some point you are going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know, at some point you're going to say, you know what? I don't like working with kids as much as I like working with teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Or, you know what? Someone, I don't like working with teenagers as much as I like working with kids. And, and you're like, man, I can't keep trying to be what I'm not just because maybe some some people want me to be that way. And, and so, man, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard and it's tiresome. So I think that, and I think that helped me. And then once I started doing, I'm like, you know, wait a minute, God wired me this way and is going to prosper me in me being me. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's been cool. What are you most looking forward to learning about or pursuing in 2019? I am looking forward to becoming more of me um, and building the different things that are me um, and exploring new territories and helping more people. I had somebody, you know, we just started on the Version app mm -hmm. um, with our platform maybe about uh, some weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, man. And I, and I think we're, just, we're having people now, you know, contact me on Instagram and through email and through my websites and through uh, different social media platforms saying, man, I, I found you because of your platform. It changed, you know, because of your platform on you version, it, it changed my life. And I was like, whoa, you know, just that Bible study, man. And so, you know, that it's, it's, that's just, that, that's, you know, there's a sense of gratification in that. And I am just, I'm looking forward to reaching and helping people in my unique way. Mm -hmm. Well, Sam, I'm excited to see what 2019 brings and excited for all the stuff that you're doing. If people want to continue uh, to learn from you or connect with you, where's the best place for them to go to do that? Man, for sure. Um, hit me up at Sam Collier on all uh, social media platforms. I think on Facebook, it's Sam Collier TV, Sam Collier TV. Um, and if you, I mean, if you Google, if you Google my name, Sam Collier, I know everybody's like, Google me. Uh, but, you know, I work really hard to try to be relevant on Google. And so if you if you if you're looking for me in any space, then, um, you know, you can find me on Google as well. If you just type that in, all of my sites will pop up. And man, I'm just I'm excited to be a part of the learner's corner. man. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you and you have an open invitation anytime. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Man. Sam's awesome. Yep. If you enjoyed that conversation, we talked with Sam earlier this year in episode. 78 and we'll link to that in the show notes also don't forget to connect with him on social media and on his website as well but now now we're talking with another one of our good friends kevin 
Jennings. Kevin Jennings, baby. And I'll tell you what. There, I leave every every time that I finish talking. So encouraged. Kevin, so encouraged. So challenged. What a guy. And I mean, I don't know what was up. I don't. You must have been sick or something. Because I was. You missed this conversation. Well, with I Kevin was too. sick. I had a rough. I had a rough like November, y'all. You did. I did. But this conversation is awesome. So many takeaways. So many takeaways. Get to it. Kevin is literally like a walking one-liner. Like he just has like all these one-liners that he just, I don't know what he does. Kevin, I need to know, next time we sit down and talk, I need to know how you do this. And we may or, we may, or may not mention you in the podcast. Here we go. Well, Kevin, we are so excited to have you back on the podcast today. Hey, Caleb, my man. It's a pleasure to be with you, my friend. <laughs> now, unfortunately, we're not joined by my partner in crime, Todd Hicksonball. He's not here today. You know what? This is, I mean, I'm going to, let's just be real about this. Tell everybody why he's not here. Well, he forgot that we were recording. Today. That's right. That's what I wanted right here. I want everyone to hear the truth that Todd forgot about me. On, on, you know, on, on, I'm sure he made everybody else's appointments when it was time to record them. And then he said, oh, it's Kevin. I'm not making it. I, I, I mean, I magically forgot we're recording today. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's very convenient that he forgot about me. But that's all right, Todd. You know what? I don't even need you here. I got Caleb. Let's rock. Hey, I, I do got to give a quick shout out to Todd, though. We were texting about this earlier. The last time that you were on our podcast, you you challenged Todd to do some stuff, and he I checked with him, and he actually did do it. So the next time that you're on, and we're all three on, we'll have to we won't give him too much praise, but we'll give him a little bit right now. All right. So Todd, way to take action <laughs> on making your life a little bit better, and um and no thank you for standing me up today. <laughs> well, hey Kevin, just as we're getting started, um, what are you most excited about right now? Well, you know what? Uh, this is going to sound um, pretty cheesy, but I am most excited about learning more about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I mean, that sounds pretty vain. And, um, but man, I've just, you know, I've learned so much about myself. And I think that um, it's, it's, it's me trying to then say, okay, now what do I do with this information? What do I do mm-hmm. with these insights? And so I'm really excited about applying the insights in my life and my business as I try to actually do a better job of, of being who I'm supposed to be, right. Being who I'm wired and designed to be how God made me. So that actually is, is pretty exciting because it's leading to a lot of changes uh, in the work I do and the way I treat others and, and me recognizing my own um, strengths and limitations. So like, what's, what's some of the stuff that is helping you learn about that? Like learn about yourself. Yeah, we talked about this on the, my first time with you guys, um, and that is a personality assessments and this idea of hacking yourself. And so I'm not trying to be a broken record, but um, I've had the I've had the pleasure of taking a few new ones I ne- I'd never taken before. Um, I had some an organization help, uh, pay for me to take the Colby assessment, and also I took the uh, standout assessment um, by Marcus Buckingham. Uh, Colby is is they say it's all about your mo, your your modus operandi, right? How do you, how you actually do your work? And then you have another um, assessment standout, which is supposed to be a complement to to the Strengths Finder assessment, where it helps you figure out what to do with your strengths. So Strengths Finder was like the description, standouts like a prescription on how to actually use it, and um, and those two have really been a big help, really for me. It gave me some language. I mean, I you know, yeah, like literally one of them said, Kevin, 
do not do this because this is where you lose. I mean, it, it, it said it in bold. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, uh, thank you. So that's probably the two of them. And the other thing I'll say, I think it's just like, listen to wise counsel, man. Like, I think that um, when you're a dreamer, you sometimes struggle with feedback, not because you don't believe in it. It's just because you just don't know what's feedback and what someone's lack of understanding of your vision or someone's lack of belief in you or their self-doubt or them projecting their negativity on you or them even just wanting to protect you so they want to make you play it safe. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we don't, we struggle between hearing when someone's giving us feedback and constructive criticism or they're simply just being critical. And I think that um, for me personally now, I've been been in in a season where I've been proactively going to almost everybody I trust say, tell me what you think about this or that or that. And that's actually been really helpful uh, for me as well, because people are like, yeah, duh, you should admit, I, I, I thought you should have been doing that a long time ago. I was like, oh, you did? I, I had no idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially my wife, my poor wife, man. She's probably been like, dude, because that's been the worst part about it, Caleb. I go home, I say, honey, guess what I learned today? She said, I told you that six years ago. I'm like, okay, you're right. You did. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize for not listening. Um, but yeah, so that's been, that's been my big thing, man, is just been like taking some more personality assessments, slowing down, asking for wise counsel. I said, slowing down. That's been a part of it too. And I, I don't usually do a very good job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, I think that's, that's like I said, I mean, that's not fun. I mean, it's, it's leading to some fun stuff, but, um, but it's been a season of learning for sure. Mm-hmm. Speaking of learning, what have you learned this previous year in 2018? Mm. A couple things. Um, one is if if any person who is listening to this podcast is wanting to, anyone who listens to this podcast is not just a learner, right? That's the reality. You there's a there's a reason you enjoy learning. You know, it's 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 a, it's a disposition toward growth which means you're going to likely be doing that in any area you possibly get your hands on. And I would just challenge those who are listening to this. Like we can't just be learners who feed our minds. We have to be learners that feed our bodies and we have to be learners that feed our, our, our mental health, not just our comp, our competencies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, I think what I've been learning this year in particular is just the value of, of taking care of my body and the value of taking care of my mind. And the reason why I've learned is because I've stunk at it most of the year, right? That's, I mean, <laughs> I've had seasons where I did a really good job of it this year and I've done a terrible job of it. And when I look at those seasons, the difference in how I feel day to day is completely, it's, it's just so different. It, you know, and I think that that's actually why I've, I've actually gone through the absence of some of that and the presence of them, some of that throughout the year, and so I would say that's one thing. If there's one other thing I would say I've learned, that is um, how can I how can I phrase this? It is that we have to own. Not, strengths sounds played out, but I'm, it's just true. What if we said our place in the body of Christ? Like I'm not trying to be overly spiritual, um, or our, you can say our place our place in the human race. I don't you know whatever you want yeah. to look at. If you believe that human beings are connected, right, the whole seven degrees of se- six degrees of separation, seven degrees of separation, you know, Kevin Bacon, whatever, yeah. whatever they call it, right? It's just like, it's just a reality. And, and, I, and I feel like six degrees has always been proven right. I think it's kind of scary, actually, how 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 true that really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say we have to own our place. And I think I struggle with that. I think I, this year I went 
I became a full-time entrepreneur. Um, I, I, I left Orange and after, after our conversation, uh, and I still work with them um, all the time on a variety of projects. And But I went full-time at the end of May. And entrepreneurship threw me into an existential crisis. And that sounds so unsexy to say, hey, guess what? You want to be an entrepreneur? Be ready to question why you exist. You know? But the reality is I was asking because I was working so hard to build my business. Mm-hmm. I asked myself, if you're going to work this hard, why are you doing it? Like, like what, what, what are you really doing this for? Because this is really hard. And if you're going to do something this hard, that's this taxing on your family and you and your finances and whatever, why are you doing this? If it's for validating your self-worth to a stranger, there's better ways to do it. If it's to make a bunch of money, there are other ways to do it. You know, you know, there's just, you know, it's just like, yeah, if, if it's strictly because you want to be able to have, um, you know, people stroke your ego. There's a bunch of, I mean, there's, there's just so many other ways to do it. And so I feel like I was like, they just called me out and just said, hey, yeah, what are you in this for? And I think that that led to other questions. But the big thing that came out of it was me saying, hey, Kevin, you have to think about what you're here for. And and as I went deeper and deeper into that, I recognized that um, I had been running from what I'm great at. And it doesn't mean entrepreneurship's not involved in my story. It just means um, I thought that I had to do certain skills or certain abilities or certain things to make to be to be worthy of this opportunity to be an entrepreneur, to lead others, to support people, to be qualified, to be hired. And I recognized that no, like my natural abilities are what I need, but I have to develop them hone them and respect them and say, this is how I was made. And, and, and you, when Caleb's better, we're all better. Mm-hmm. Even if I've never met Caleb, because, because when Caleb's in his sweet spot, there's a, there's a ripple effect that affects all of us. And I think the same thing for me. And I, so uh, there's a, a quote, maybe I said this before, I don't think I did with you guys, but have you ever read uh, Derek Shivers, anything, anything you want? No. First of all, you would smash that book in an hour the way you would like, So just so FYI, if you want if you want to get one more book in before the year's over, in an hour of your time, the way you read books, anything you want by Derek Sivers. I think it's like a hundred pages. Like you probably crush a hundred pages in thirty minutes. You're like you're like yeah, Kevin, that's great. Uh, that's a cute book, Kevin. Hundred pages, that's cute. Um, but it's it, in the book he said, "What's simple to us is amazing to others." We have a we have a really I mean, human beings. We are just so terrible at giving ourselves any value, and that's because it's simple to us. That's the thing is like it, it, it's innate to you, so you think it's innate to everyone else. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And what Tim Ferriss kind of illustrated very clearly in his book, uh, I think it was no not tribe tool no tribe of mentors, was that these individuals we look up to are actually incredibly flawed individuals. I mean, hey guys, Lance Armstrong has he's a liar and a cheater at times. <laughs> yep, that happened. You know, Michael Jordan has a gambling addiction. Yep, sorry about that. Sorry to blow it. Sorry to blow for all the kids out there that want to be like Mike. But what Michael Jordan did do, he zoned in on what he was one person he, like he had like this natural ability at. And that you know the thing he could be the you know and just worked on his like gift until it just separated him so dramatically from people. You think about it, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, any athlete's a great example of this. They're playing with only 120 other eight professional athletes. Like out of all the people who play basketball in college, thousands of guys, a 128 of them 
Mm-hmm. And of the 128, they're like leaps and bounds above everybody else. <laughs> like that's insane to think about it. Like, hey, I'm only playing with the 128 people in the in the country. Oh yeah. Out of out of five, you know, out of 40 plus million people, and I'm that much better than them. <laughs> like that's insane. But you say to yourself, he he found his thing. He found his thing that when he poured a little bit of gasoline and effort and energy and discipline on it and focus on it skyrocket right if you mm-hmm. and i worked every day on our jump shot we will still not be six eight it's just what it is mm-hmm. we wouldn't our, our genetics may not allow us to put on 250 pounds of muscle and still be agile mm-hmm. you know it is what it is so i think for me it's like hey kevin you can't discredit your place in the body of christ if you're if you're a heart and a mouth and and a head you know then you can't say well because i'm not the hands and feet i don't matter yeah. You know, like, so, so I think, so I think that's where my big thing is, hey, it's okay to be, have limitations and need other people, but it's also okay to say, I, I matter because of my, I have my own unique spot in the, in the, in the, in the human race and, you know, and how we're all connected. Yeah. And that we're, and we're equally as important. Absolutely. Too. Because, Absolutely. like, like using the body example, you know, the mouth or the head still needs the feet. It's not going anywhere otherwise. Absolutely, absolutely. It, 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 it's like, hey, it, we, it, it all matters. And the thing about it is, when you've seen those who, who like, have you ever heard of, you know, people who have, uh, you know, lack of a lack of a big toe, their body can't balance the same. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know, if, you know, you say, well, uh, if you hear of a person who, um, you know, has, has lost, uh, you know eyesight in just one eye and what that does to the peripheral vision and their ability to navigate the world hearing you know and not even hearing where you lost it just we're slightly out of balance right in the equilibrium how it's all connected it's, it's just like our you know, we're just connected to our to people next to us our neighbors our friends our family our you know our global family members right we are connected to one another and that's been um life-giving to me this year to say hey kevin you have to own your limitations but recognize that you, in and of yourself, with where you're designed, provide unique value to, to all of those around you. Let's build on that instead of trying to be something we're not. Mm-hmm. So the next thing I want to ask you about is what's, what's something that you've started doing and what's something that you've stopped doing in 2018? That And you've, maybe you've alluded to it, some of the stuff and some of the changes this year, but what have you stopped doing and what's something that you've stopped doing in 2018 that has dramatically um, just, just improved you or improved your life? Okay. Um, I think, I think one of the things that I have started doing, um, it was intermittently. I think that's part of the challenge for me right now is just trying to build better habits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's me defining success when the day starts. Mm. So, so um, I think we talked about this a little bit with 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 our good friend Todd on the first appearance, but it's just true. I think for me, I, I had a, an executive coach tell me to just say, "Hey, pick pick what he calls you know the one big thing, you know the one thing. Today is successful if slash when fill in the blank." And you put one thing, one thing, because what it does is force you to prioritize and say one thing. And and if you like when you decide that one thing. You go after the one thing and you can say my day is successful, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you, you define success before it starts. And I think when I don't do that, 
I can feel the finish line moving all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's it's deflating. It's just deflating. You're like, man, I really have been sober. I mean, I remember one time I, I remember a day recently, I went back too much through what I accomplished. I was like, oh my gosh, I got so much done. Why do I feel like a failure today? Because I didn't tell myself what success was. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was just left to the imagination of if my entire to-do list of everything I've ever imagined getting done is done. It's like, that's impossible. You know, like, so it's like, that's not fair. So I think for me, defining success is something when I, when I've done it this year, when I started doing it and doing it more regularly, it's a game changer emotionally for me. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've stopped doing. I think and this one, this one is kind of up in the air. Cause I, cause I think there's a lot of them trying to stop doing. Um, I think I'm trying to stop. I'm working on it, so it's, 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 I fluctuate yeah. people. So I'm, I'm very, very transparent. Is stop thinking I have to have a long-term plan. I'm a planner, and so I've had to say, okay, Kevin, you don't have to know the plan; you have to know the next right step. So, so I used to be a big-time planner. I used to write down like long-term plans, mm-hmm. even for like my annual end-of-the-year planning. And right now, I'm not doing that. I'm saying, Tisha's like, no, no, we're not. No long-term plans. Like, no long-term plans right now. Like, don't even worry about it. Don't do it. Don't write. Don't even think of one. You dream about the future for sure. Write down your mm-hmm. dreams and your goals, your aspirations. But trying to say step one, this is going to step B, this is going to lead to this. Like the long-term actual roadmap plan, I don't have one. Yeah. And uh, it's actually been somewhat liberating because it leaves me open to kind of say what's what's happening. What's what's taking. Be more present. What's around me. I'm futuristic on Strengths Finder, which means I can kind of float to the future and kind of like live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been helpful for me. And then the final thing I want to ask you about is what are you most looking forward to experiencing or learning about in 2019? Mm. I, I would say it's twofold. I mean, one of the things I'm trying to do a better job of is communicating. I mean, not on stage per se, but not, mm-hmm. not necessarily not on stage either. Just just really communicating. Just how can I communicate with other people better uh, interpersonally and in group settings, just trying to become a better, a better, better communicator and a better listener that goes to go hand in hand. So communication is a, you know, by nature, it is a dialogue, not a monologue. Um, And so I think that's probably high on my list. The other thing I'll say is being a better coach of people. Coaching is something I really, really love. But at times I, I struggle with, not because I don't love coaching people, but coaching. So here's how I define it. So coaching versus counseling versus consulting, right? So think of this. So if, if counseling is you know, something like a traditional counselor or therapist, they have frameworks and education about how you work. And they use these frameworks and ideas and strategies to pull things out of you. A coach is trying to literally add accountability to your own process of self-development, training, et cetera, to help you, to help you, you know, reach your potential. Mm-hmm. Usually counseling has absolutely, you know, related, related to a particular issue trying to overcome. And then consulting is an expert giving you advice. And because people like you, you probably read to this too, and Todd, because you all consume so much content and reading, you can become experts. To people like, man, if I go to Caleb, Caleb reads all these books. I can say, Caleb, you know about this? Oh, I read that before. Yeah, uh-huh. I read this. So they come to you for the answers. 
But then we rob them of the self-discovery process. And the reason the information you love so much is because you got a chance to actually discover it. You get to go and put the effort in to consume it and think about it and wrestle with it. So I think for me, it's me saying, hey, Kevin, don't use your own thirst for knowledge to rob someone of, of their own process of learning. Mm-hmm. What? Because that's something that I struggle with, too, is here's all this great stuff. But what you were saying, you don't want to rob them of the self-discovery. What's one thing that helps you help other people with the self-discovery? Okay, so when I'm working with clients, at least, um, I, I, ripped, I ripped all these questions off from a book called The Coaching Habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Flynn talked about it and on YouTube, and I, I read that. I watched the YouTube video. He kind of gives away the, the, the crux of the book on the YouTube video. Um, but he shares some of the questions you, you ask in a coaching session. And I remember being like, whoa, that is so good. And so I started stealing all the sites. I mean, and this is literally from the book. They give, give these questions like literally step by step. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to give them away. It's okay if I give them away right now to your community. I, I mean, oh, I yeah. Can, Go for it. Okay, we'll, we'll, so, first question is called the kickstart question. You ask someone what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. The next question is called the awe question, A W E question. It's, it's, an, it's an acronym. You ask, and what else? When you ask them what's on their mind, they're going to say, oh, you know, think about my girl, my business. That's great. Well, and what else? And if I have what it takes, you know, I just feel like I don't know the money's going to be there. Like people start pouring when you ask my and what else, like and leave it open, and they will just like and just pause. And I've and I've done this at least like ten times since I found these questions. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what comes out of people. You say, okay, so what's the real challenge here? It's called, that's called the focus question. You you guide someone to telling you what their real challenge is. Mm-hmm. Then you say. The foundation question is called, and so, and what do you want? You ask the question in this order. You say, and what do you want? They say, I just want to figure out how to, you know, what it's going to mean. How do I, how do I make sure my wife or my family doesn't lose, you know, you know, lose what we need in the process of becoming, building our business. I mean, making this up, of course. Mm-hmm. They say, well, okay. So this next question is called the lazy question. You say, how can I help? People already know what they want from you. They just don't want to say it. Mm-hmm. And they haven't processed it. So you ask, and how, you know, how can I help? And then the, the next question you say, all right, you might give, that's why I usually give a little bit of my help actually from there. They say, okay, well, the, when I'm, as we're wrapping up, you ask a strategic question. If you say yes to this, what are you going to say no to? Let them make their own trade-offs. Uh-huh. And the last question you ask for learning is you say, what was the most useful part of the conversation for you? Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Caleb, those questions have changed. I mean, I've seen people, man, it's, it's been awesome. Dude, I'm just getting excited. You tell me those questions. So do you have like the paper in front of you? Do you just, have you just memorized the questions or like, what does it look like in a coaching session? Yeah, for sure. So um, in a coaching session, well, what happened is uh, I would literally, I mean, I have people fill out a, a consulting questionnaire before we jump on the phone to get some mm-hmm. information about what they're doing. But then I just open the question with like, so what's on your mind? Mm-hmm. What's on your mind today? Okay. Well, okay. I listen. And what else? <laughs> That's interesting. What would you say is the real challenge here in your perspective? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I hear the challenge. That's, that's totally valid. What do you want, though? I mean, like, what do you personally want to get from this moment? Like, not from the conversation, but like, what do you want from this from the situation? Mm-hmm. What's your What's your perfect outcome? Well, you asked me with me today, so how do you think I can help you? Mm-hmm. 
And then I start to work through that. That's okay, great. Now let's pause that. And, and I'm trying to ask, that's what probably insert my advice mm-hmm. to kind of do a bit of coaching and consulting. Then I'm saying, okay, if you say yes to this, so we, you, we've constantly landed on this option. If you say yes to this option, what are you going to say no to? All right, so we've agreed what you're going to do. You got your action steps. <laughs> All right, so before we wrap up, what would you say is the most useful part of the conversation for you today? What was most useful for you? What was most helpful? All right, well, that's fantastic. I, I look, I'm so glad that you got that out of the conversation. I mean, it, it, and it, it takes a while to get people out of it, but like it, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. So, so I'll tell you like, it, do that with your team, do that with your spouse, do that with your your kids, do that with your best friends. When your next time your sister calls you about something here going in her life, or your brother-in-law, Caleb, do mm-hmm. not help them. <laughs> Ask those questions. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's, so now it's not Big Brother Caleb trying to tell my little sister and her husband what to do with their lives. It's man, Caleb listens to me. He supports me. He he lets me tell him how to help me. Right? And it's, and it's just your volunteers in oh, your yeah. church. Like, it's a powerful framework, man. The coaching habit. So, uh, hashtag Caleb Reads in here, man. <laughs> hashtag, yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, but, yeah, so actually, how about this? I'm going to do this right now because it's, it's going to help me. Um, any of your listeners, if you would like a free coaching call with me, 30 minutes, uh, just text the word coaching. All right, so we're gonna do, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this right now, Caleb. I'm making this. I'm gonna do this right now. Is, is that okay with you? Oh yeah, that's okay. All right, cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna double check, make sure I got the right right. I mean, I, I didn't plan to do this, but I just felt moved to do it. Um, if if you're listening right now and there's something you personally working through, especially on the business side, marketing side, leadership side, something you want a, a sounding board for, as you're kind of navigating into 2018, 2019, into 2018, beginning of 2019, uh, I'd love to help you. Um, all you need to do is text the word coaching and you're going to send it to, I believe, 444-999. Now, let me double check that, Caleb, make sure I'm not speaking speaking uh, <laughs> out of turn here because I could do that. I and mean, you and Tom have edited that out, but hopefully I'm not misspeaking. I don't think I am there. Yeah, text the word coaching, the word coaching to 444-999. So there's three fours, three nines, back to back. Text the word coaching. Uh, and, um, and you text that word to me, I'm going to get back to you. I'm gonna get your email address, ask for a bit of information, and then we can book something where I'm happy to sit down with you for a few minutes. Um, and we can actually kind of talk through and that, not, not for me to make you a guinea pig, just cause I mean, I'm here to help. So I've had a chance to work with Caleb and, and Todd and I believe in those guys and, um, I believe in their community as well. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I know that people are definitely going to want to connect with you and learn from you. So where's the best place for them to go to do that? Okay. Um, you know what? The best place uh, you can go to, you know, don't go anywhere. Just text me, people. Let's, let's just connect. We're real people here. <laughs> hey, just text my phone number, 615-455-3399. That's 615-455-3399. And um, we, can, we can talk. We can be buddies. You know, like I'm not here. So 615-455-3399. When you, when you text me, I'll get back to you. You can add me to your app. You can add yourself to my address book. We can connect. And so um, don't worry about going to a website. You can Google me and all that kind of stuff, but that's, that's lame. Like, let's be, let's be buddies. We're real people. <laughs> and I would love to connect with you um, offline as well. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for being on the Learner's Corner today. Hey, my friends. Pleasure to be here. Happy New Year, everybody. So if you enjoyed our conversation with Kevin, 
you can check him out on one of the podcasts that we did earlier with him this year in episode 55 or you can also catch him on his own podcast the launch university podcast he does that with jeff henderson and some other guys it is a great great listen make sure that you tune into that show subscribe to that give him a rating leave a review hit him up on social media do all the things well kevin's awesome hashtag boom sauce now are you ready i'm ready this is our friend Stephen Brewster, or as we like, we just normally call him Brewster. Um, he's he's been on the podcast yes. a few times. He's been on the podcast a couple times. He's been on episode twenty-two, what's, and what's some of the stuff that he does on episode ninety-nine? What's tell us some of the things that he does? He Caleb. does a lot of creative work, a lot of coaching. He works with Elevation Worship. Elevation Worship. He does work with Southeastern University. He just he, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's awesome. He, he's, he might be one of the swaggiest dudes I know. Listen, his shoe game is on point. I love, love, love Brewster. Shout out, Brewster. Go ahead, give him a follow on Instagram, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Yeah, especially since you got to be part of this one. Yay! Well, Brewster, we're so excited to have you back on the podcast today. Oh, man, it's so much fun to be with you guys. I love hanging out with Dick. <laughs> oh gosh. This is ridiculous. Dix, Dix, Dix is amazing. For those of you listening, Caleb and Dix. For the, those the, of you listening, podcast. yes, he's referring to me as that. For those of you listening, yes, he's referring to me that way. Good lord. I don't think I mean, anyone I mean, had any, any question. Todd, they, they knew who he was talking well, about. Todd, they, they know, know that they, they know about the legend of the Dix. It's 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 biblical proportions. <laughs> Caleb's loving this way, way too much. He's loving this way too much. Uh, so, uh, Stephen, we've had you on a couple times now. This is your third time hanging out with us. Um, you've yeah. been around. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a deep, deep, in a deep, deep, deep wrestling cage match with Stewart. So, so one of us is going to come out on top. Oh, Lord. Shout out to Stuart Hall. Stuart, he's calling you out, man. Well, hey, so since we've had we've had you on, we had you on a, a couple months ago, and uh, we and then last year you came on, and, and and so what we wanted to start this off with is you know we're doing this end of the year podcast thing and and having all these different people come on, and we've been asking yep, everybody yep. a same series of a couple questions, um, <laughs> just to kind of see see how 2018's been for you. And so what I wanted to start this off with is what are you most excited about that that's happened over the last year? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. question. And um, it's, it's a little, little self-indulgent, self-indulgent, honestly. Is, my is it gummy bears? Is it gummy bears? It's gummy bears, isn't it? I mean, I, mean, I, love, I love gummy, gummy bears. bears. Organic, Organic Black Forest gummy, gummy bears. bears are the prize, prize winner for all prizes. prizes. But, but no, no reality, reality is, is like, like in the last, you know, this year, year I, was, I had the I had opportunity, the opportunity of uh, starting my own, own organization, organization and, and I get to help churches church all over the country. And that's phenomenal and it's a lot of fun and I'm super stoked to be able to do that. So I, well, as, as self-indulgent as it feels, that's definitely the thing I'm most excited about. Yeah, but, but in your, but starting a company though, that's huge. That's like, you went for working for the man to potentially being able to become somebody like, I don't know, Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. 
So basically, you're, you're steps <laughs> closer now to Mark Zuckerberg. Can we lower those expectations a little bit? Just like a tiny bit. No, I'm, like, I'm comfortable. Maybe, maybe, maybe we can go, go like Ronald McDonald. McDonald. <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying is Ronald McDonald is rich. Just saying. <laughs> No, no, it's, you're, you're, right, right, you're right, you're right. It's, it's pretty, pretty daunting. daunting. And, and the truth, the truth is, is, I went, I went from, from having, having uh, one, one boss, boss to having, like, ten bosses. bosses. Right. And, uh, um, and, and, you know, you know I, was I was never, never I never wanted, wanted to be the, the like, like, sole proprietor consulting guy. guy. I, always I always wanted to be the church guy, just work at a local church, but really feel like God kind of pushed me to share a lot of the mistakes that Jackie and I have made in our lives with other churches to help them get better. And so it's been so rewarding in the last six months just watching the organizations we work with figure out how to overcome being overwhelmed and then figuring out what their story is and how their story makes them unique in their community, makes them unique in their calling and their mission, and then how to tell that story in a clear and concise way to create growth and organization development. So. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome as it's, it's been. It's been equally as rewarding. And it's by far the biggest faith journey I've ever been on, and it's stretched my faith and has grown me ridiculously. But I'm excited. Kind of speaking along those lines, what what are some of the big lessons or things that you've learned in 2018? I think one of the things, this is going to sound trite, and it's going to sound maybe even a little contrived, but I, I really believe this more than ever. God cares a whole lot more about my tomorrow than I do. And if I'm really, really diligent with my today, he's going to handle and take care of my tomorrow. When I uh, left my last church job, I had no clients. And I have like so much going on in my life right now. And it's totally him. His kindness has been ridiculous. So just watching the doors that he's opened and the amazing organizations that I get to work with, it's been unbelievable. And uh, so I think the biggest thing I've learned is like, like when God calls you to something, like you're responsible to steward what he's called you to more, nothing less. And so every day, whatever's in front of you, make the most of that. And when you do that, he's able to reward you with more. That's awesome. What, so along with that, you know, major life transition, major things that um, that you're, you're switching stuff up. How do you, what if, what are some things maybe that you either started or stopped doing in the last year that's helped you a lot besides eating too many gummy bears? <laughs> well, I started eating more gummy bears. So, um, I would say, well, I've had to start creating my own boundaries. You know, when you work for yourself, I, I can work, I work harder and longer now than I ever have in the past. And so for the sake of my family and the sake of my development, I have to be really, really careful of how many hours I'm putting in each day, how many days I'm traveling each week and those kind of things. So, um, so a couple of things that, that I did, I started doing intentional reading plans. Um, I started a yearly um, planner program to like every day starts off with this planner and keep my goals and my boundaries clear. And then I read this amazing book, um, The Praying Life, and it changed everything about how I pray. And uh, definitely like one of the most influential books that I've ever read. 
talk talk about the impact that that book had on you. Like what like what was it about what was it about it that was so revolutionary to you? Well, you know, honestly, like I've been really really bad at prayer. Like I'm just not somebody who has ever had like like I've listened to these guys, friends of mine, who are like, oh, I go pray for three hours a day, and I'm like, how? Like, how do you do that? I have no concept of how you invest that kind of time. And I would always, like, in my mind, know prayer was the most important thing. And you are solely responsible for your life and, like, your salary and your kids' health insurance and putting food on their table. Prayer becomes a really, really, really big thing for you. And so that book, this book really just helped me create, like, a new rhythm. And a new process for how how I pray. And in reading this book, I just saw the the uh, tangible importance of prayer every day in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it forces me to get up very early every morning and invest a lot of time in praying so that I uh, can keep everybody healthy. Mm-hmm. So go go back to I'm. Curious, what does your intentional reading plan look like? Um, so I've used this app no one's ever heard of called Version. You probably don't have it on your phone, but um, um, it, but I've uh, I just started defining all of the leadership and um, all the leadership reading plans, and just been going through all of them on Version, and it forces me to be accountable, and so I love it. And it's been super amazing. And what's funny is I post anything that's influential, like that, that impacts me. I post it on Instagram and it's so fun to watch people go like, oh my gosh, what is that? I want to, I want to go read that too. And so it's been fun to help share some of those with other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been following along with that too. And you're, you're right. We'll link to your Instagram and stuff so people can uh, check out the stories and everything as well. So just as we're wrapping up, what what would you say you're most looking forward to in 2019? Oh, uh, I so I kind of knew that you were going to ask that question. I kind of suspected it. Not that you Instagrammed me the questions in advance or anything, but I kind of <laughs> felt like there was a possibility. Yeah, not that, that, that we didn't happen. send you stuff. Not, not that, that you, you didn't, didn't actually, actually prepare, prepare me for, me for this, this interview, interview, but, but um, um, and so so. You know, one of the things I'm most, I'm just excited to see what God does next. Like, I feel like I'm on the greatest adventure that I've ever been on in my entire whole life. And I'm completely loving it. And I'm just excited to see, like, who who God brings along for us to work with next and how we get to help kind of create the next thing. I'm on a project right now with this organization called PAO. And it's uh, it's football. It's a video to replace your message on Super Bowl Sunday that has like NFL players telling their faith journey um, in on video, and you can download it for free and play it in your service. And we've built this PDF of like all these fun ideas to make your that weekend like a huge outreach weekend for your church. And so it's just fun to watch like those kind of things take off. And and I'm excited to see what happens with that. I'm excited to see what happens with our next elevation worship release. Um, I'm excited about Southeastern University and, and, and the music that we're about to put out and just working with a bunch of great churches all over the country and just seeing what God does next. So that's, that's my biggest excitement for sure. 
Well, Brewster, if people want to continue to learn from you and uh, see all the stuff that you're working on, where's the best place for them to go to do that? Okay, wait. I forgot one thing I'm super excited about. Can I share oh, one yeah. more thing? Oh, yeah. Go for it. T. Hicks. T. Hicks. Can I share one more thing? I really feel like God's given me some insight on how organizations start to like Frankenstein their culture and their calling. By, by adding, adding things that work for other people, people to what they've been called to do, even though it doesn't, doesn't fit. fit. And so, so over the, the next 12 months, months I'm going to like be able to, I, I believe that in the next 12 months, we're going to roll out a framework to help organizations reclaim and clarify their calling. And uh, that's going to be super fun. Okay. So how do you follow me? Follow along. Wait, 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 wait. This, you can't just drop that in there. there. I got a I got question, question about that real okay. quick. See what so, happens? See what happens? So <laughs> let, let's say let's that say someone who listens to this and they're dealing with, with that exact same thing. thing. What's, What's one piece of advice that you would give to, uh, to the church leader, to just the leader in general who is dealing with that? Yeah, so I, I would tell you, like, there is a process for how you clearly and, um, and intentionally reclaim your calling, your the calling that God has you. And when you follow the, the framework of developing your values, developing your story, developing your, um, your clear, unique mission, those three things help build together how you talk about what you do, how you activate what you do, and how you engage what you do. And when you do those three things together, you become the, the, per, the, the community in your community that does what only you do. And we've all gone on Instagram and watched how every church looks exactly the same. But when we see something that's different, it's interesting to us. Well, here's the truth. It's interesting to the people that live in your community, too, because every church in your community looks exactly the same. And so when you re redeem that unique calling that God called you to, to do, the, the one thing that makes you different than everybody else, um, and it's hard. It's It's super hard work. It's like massive sweat equity. But I've always said that creativity is more magic than muscle and i believe that creativity is the variable that that sets every person apart but i also believe that organizations require more muscle than magic and we try to bootleg everybody else's magic so that we don't have to act activate our own muscles and do the sweat and the hard work that it takes to be uniquely one of one but god didn't call you to be like the church on the street he called you to be you and you're going to reach a unique group of people and you're going to really reach a community that's a tribe that is specific to you and when you're willing to do that work you don't have to worry about not growing because you'll grow mm -hmm. okay so brewster if people want to continue to learn from you where's the best place for them to go to do that um you can go to my instagram b underscore r-e-w-s-t-e-r my website stevenbrewster.me you can text me, 615-457-7261. Yeah, let's hook up. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for being on the podcast. Guys, it's my pleasure. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. T-H-6. Y'all keep it crunk. So if you enjoyed our conversation with Brewster, check him out online, on social media. Hit him up. I know he would love and give him a follow on instagram he's very active on instagram he's a great follow exactly now the next person that we're talking with is sarah 
Craig. Or as I like to think of her, my mom from the South. I love this woman. She's amazing. She also has a great podcast. She does. The Surviving Sarah podcast. So check that out as well and get ready for our conversation about what she learned in 2018. Well, Sarah, we are so excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast today. I'm happy to be back, but I noticed that someone is missing today in our conversation. Yeah, unfortunately, the Todd father is not on the call. Yeah, today. I'm, I'm going to try not to take that personally. <laughs> Maybe he thought I was going to bring some heat his way and he was you know, afraid of what I would throw, throw his way. I think that's the <laughs> only natural assumption that we can make. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, hey, just as we're getting uh, started, I'm curious, what, what are you most excited about right now? About right now, this minute? Yeah. Oh, man. I honestly, I, because we're recording and we're on, like starting December, I am probably most excited about January. Now, not, I honestly, I don't like January. So that sounds really funny because I don't like winter. Um, and, and so the, you know, the Todd father always makes fun of me because I, I complain about the weather and it's like 47 <laughs> degrees and I'm like bundled up in my home. But I love January because it's like, for me, I feel like it's like clean slate. So I get super excited about like what the next could be. So I, I'm a very futuristic thinker. So maybe that's why I love that. So, so in this moment, as we're like about to like end the year and start a new one, I'm kind of just giddy about like, what lies ahead, like the uncertainty, normally like uncertainty, I don't like, but like something about January uncertainty or like the next year uncertainty brings kind of excitement for me. So I think that's what I'm most excited about right now. Mm -hmm. So before, so I do want to ask you what you're looking forward to, but before we get into that, yes. I'll re reflect a little bit on 2018. What yes. would you say are some of the, the key lessons or things that you've learned in this past year? Oh man, there's been a lot of things. And it, but there has been one central theme. In fact, I went back to my journals and, um, and I looked back through to see like, you know, cause it's easy for me just to like, think about like what I'm learning right now and think that that's the only thing I learned for the whole year. So I was like, Oh, is there anything else that I learned this year? And there was this like consistent theme through the whole year. And I feel like the, the lessons that I learned most had to do with fear yeah. and, I would have never classified myself as like a fearful person. I just don't like, I, I think I've been very independent. Like I can, I can remember being a kid and being like afraid in the night. Like someone might like, what, what if someone were like breaking our house, but I would go through like, okay, if this happens then you do this, 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 and this, like I would talk myself through everything. Right. So I didn't necessarily fear, feel fearful, but this year I have just been really reflecting on how much fear has been driving the boat for me. Mm. Um, you know, like, you know, all types of fear. So whether that's like, uh, fear of missing out, like total FOMO, you know, you can look around and going, Oh my goodness, they're getting to do this. And I'm, you know, I'm not, or fear of disappointing others. Uh, the, the fear of like the lack of control. Um, and then the fear of failure, all of those things were dry, have been driving my mental process. So whether, whether I do something or whether I don't do something. And so I've been really seeing how just kind of looking back, that was killing my creativity mm -hmm. was, it was fear that was killing it or, or, or killing my joy in like my, um, my kids is, you know, is, is the fear of the lack of control or the, you know, the fear of disappointing others. And so I won't just be my true authentic self somewhere. And so I've just really been noticing 
and learning a lot about fear and how, um, moving forward, I don't want fear. And I, I really started putting things into practice this year about not letting fear, you know, like I said, drive the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I listened to, I went back to a podcast that I've listened to several times this episode. Um, see, it's called magic lessons with Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read big, big magic? I haven't yet, but it's on the list. It's on the list. It's on yeah. the list. And so she had Brene Brown on who I just, you know, I love Brene Brown. And, and she, in fact, I'm looking on my wall because I had the quote on my wall. But she said in this podcast, Brene said, I don't leap for the landing. I leap for the experience. So when you think about someone like jumping out of a plane, which I would never do that, just back to fear, that sounds very fearful. Um, but she's like, you don't leap thinking, oh, how great that landing's going to be. Or am I going to like, you leap because you want to see what it feels like to fly. Mm-hmm. And so I just have been really like, that was like, okay, that's what I need to focus on. I don't need to focus on, well, if I try to you know, write another book. What if I fail? Like, what if nobody wants to publish me this time around? Well, that's the landing. But but what if you leap for the experience of putting your words down on paper and jumping or trying something new and you go, well, what if it just doesn't work? Or what if people don't like what I'm doing? And you go, but again, that's the landing. So how can I leap for the experience versus leaping for the landing? And so I think for me, that's been a big lesson is just the ways that fear was driving the boat and then how to really kind of stop that and, mm-hmm. and, and use fear. You know, I think fear is good. It, it, fear is an indicator that you have an opportunity to be courageous, right? Like being a parent, I, I know that's true with my kids. I, if, if they're, and when they were little, they would be afraid to like cross the street. Well, I'm going to obviously be like, well, Oh, I guess we just won't ever cross the street. No. Like I'd be like, let's go. Like you can do this. And I think that's the same thing. Um, with us in like work and relationships and all of these things is fear, let fear be an indicator that you have an opportunity to be courageous and to step forward and to do something brave. Um, and so I feel like, man, lessons all about fear have been like consistent through this whole year for me. So for overcoming that fear, is it simply a stepping into it or is it more than that? Yeah. You know, I think for me, I think the, the answer was, um, setting the goal. Like I was afraid to set goals because I was afraid I wasn't going to reach them. And then Mm -hmm. I'd have to accept that I didn't do it. And so I would just not do it. So I feel like it's that showing up. Okay. I'm going to set the goal. I'm going to, you know, take steps forward towards it. And I'm going to believe that I can do it. And that's what resilience is. And that's what, uh, you know, I think about my oldest, she rides horses and, uh, and she was, we had gone through her lessons and she, I mean, she like jumps horses, like jumps and I'm like watching her and I can't believe you can do this. But we had had her lessons. She came home, did this project. She was going to give a speech the next day. And she was like crying in bed going, gosh, I just wish I was like these other people who weren't scared to like talk in front of people. And I was like, oh my goodness, like you are brave every single week and you jump this giant beast in the air. And like, like that is bravery. And I told her, I was like, sometimes the bravest thing you can do is to show up. You just have to show up like the fact that you stood up in front of somebody or the fact that you, you know, you showed up and rode a horse and that's bravery. And so I feel like for me, it was going, how can you show up today? Mm -hmm. Like you want to write a book, you got to show up, like show up on Friday mornings and like put words down, even if they're terrible words. Like I, I, you know, there were days where I would write things and go, oh, that's the worst thing I think I've ever read. But at least I put things down, right? I showed up and I faced the fear and I, and I just did it. And I think for me, that was a lot of this year was showing up, mm-hmm. um, 
and just being brave that way. So what showing up is probably one of these things too, but what's one thing that you've started or stopped doing this year that has helped you a lot? Yeah. Um, this is, this is, I feel like they're all, these, all these things are definitely (laughs) connected for me. Um, I I have read a lot of Brene Brown and I've been rereading. I've been, the books that I read two years ago, I came back to this year, like Daring Greatly and The Gifts Mm -hmm. of Imperfection. And so in that she was talking about joy. And for me, I think, you know, when we live in fear and we live afraid to do what we're kind of purposed to do, or we find, we know that we're just kind of create, we're good at this, or we enjoy this, is that we sometimes allow fear to erode our joy. And she talked about how joy is connected to gratitude, and how we, gratitude is not an attitude, it's a practice. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like a muscle that we have to flex. Like if we want to be you know, people who are thankful or um, people who are joyful. And if those two things are connected, then we have to practice being thankful. And so one thing that I've done this year, and it's so funny, I did it, I mean, and I didn't purposely do it, but looking back, I'm like, I probably subconsciously purposely did this because I don't like to be that kind of person that's like thankful in November. Like I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say what I'm thankful for because I'm like a rebel. That's, that's how I rebel. It's the, uh-huh. it's the dumbest. I, I rebel in the dumbest ways possible. But, um, I started this back in, you know, at some point in 2018, but every day I would get down, sit down with my journal and I would just write the words thankful for dot, dot, dot. And it would just, and I wasn't like, you have to write three things or 10 things. I would just write, I would think back to the day before and I would think about all the things that I was thankful for or the things that brought me joy. And that would, from the day before, and it could be everything from, you know, like my having a great cup of coffee or having like an extra cup. I mean, probably most of them involved coffee, probably what I was thankful for. But, um, but it just helped me to find joy in the little things in my normal, everyday, ordinary life things. And, and cultivating that practice of gratitude, I think I found more joy. And I think joy ultimately can help you push past the fear of what's holding you back from where you want to go. And so that for me has been a really good practice um, that I've put into play, really kind of a spiritual practice of daily practicing gratitude. Um, and, and, you know, another layer of that whole fear is that mentality of scarcity, like mm-hmm. you're never enough. Like, you know, you wake, it's funny, I don't know if I'm if, if you're like this, um, but I mean, I can wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I didn't get enough sleep. So there's already like scarcity. <laughs> you know, I didn't get enough coffee. My husband had extra cup or I didn't, you know, like I, I'm not enough for the task in front of me. Like there's always these things that I can just start with scarcity. So starting my day with gratitude has kind of helped counter counteract that scarcity m- mentality for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, I, I can feel that way whenever it comes to time. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very, I think we're like, we're both Enneagram threes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so like yeah. for me, I, I want to get as much done as possible. And like, I'm always, like, I'm always adding to like the list of books yes. or the list of pod or whatever it is. Yes. Of, like, these are all the things that I have to get done and they need to get done now or as right. soon as possible. Right. Hey, you know what you need to do? And I don't know if you already do this, but like, I'll try to write down three things that I have to do. Like here are just three things today. Like I have mm-hmm. like a long master list, like of all these things, um, that need to get happened this week. But today, Friday, here are three things. And like, and that helps me to go, okay, that's good. Like that mm-hmm. way at the end of the day, 
if the whole list is not done, it's okay. I'm still good. Like I'm still enough for what's in front of me, you know? Um, so that's helped me as my Enneagram three that wants to tackle it all and do it all. That's good. I'm going to have to start. I'm going to have to start doing that. Yeah. Cool. Well, just as we were talking at the beginning, you know, you're looking forward to January, looking forward to 2019. What, what are you looking forward to learning about experiencing in 2019? Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to further this whole, what I've learned in 2018. Uh, like I said, I've been just lingering in that sometimes. And, and this is probably an Enneagram three thing. So you probably feel this way. Like once I get something, I just want to move on. And like, I'm always thinking ahead and never sitting in the present. Mm-hmm. And so, um, now that I've really been noticing all of these things, I've been trying to daily sit in that, um, and not move ahead too fast. So like I've been every morning, I'm, I'm reading the gifts of imperfection, like one of the guideposts every, even though I've read it, like by this point so many times, but I'm like, let's just sit in this. Like, so, so I feel like I'm going to try to continue, um, learning on that. Um, I'm excited to just, I'm excited to write again. That's something I look forward to. Uh, I just finished a, an ebook about the holidays. And so that was fun. That whole process of pulling things together again. I love starting new things. And so, um, you know, so writing a book and then launching a couple new podcasts and going to start a YouTube channel. So that's fun. So I've got all kinds of things that I'm looking forward to in 2019. And who knows, they, the landing may be terrible. The landing may not work, but I am looking forward to the experience of flying. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for being on the Learner's Corner today. If people want to continue to learn from you and find out about all the stuff that you're doing in 2019, where's the best place for them to go to do that? Yes, I'm, I'm online at sarahbragg.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Yes, thank you. Wow, I love whenever you get to talk to friends of ours yeah and you don't get to talk talk again i had a rough november y'all yes so go check out sarah go subscribe to her podcast surviving sarah podcast we also talked with her on episode 90 of the podcast yes as well hit her up on social media she's a fun follow on instagram she's always posting resources and different things for you to check out yep great great stuff go check out her ebook that she just released surviving the holidays you're gonna want that Go do it, leave her a rating, write a review, and that's all you need to know. But Caleb, what's happening next week? Well, next week we're talking about what we learned about. So if you're really enjoying this episode so far, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy, you're gonna love you're gonna enjoy this. next week because we get into the weeds and everything. I rein Caleb in a little bit on the book thing, but we made it. And you went wild with the music thing. Woo! Did I ever go wild with the music thing? <laughs> You're going to want to check that out, let me tell you. And again, the best way to make sure you don't miss that is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever podcast player you use. Give me some Quavo up in here. All right. Now. Here we go. We are talking with actually a fairly recent. Yeah, he just, he just came out with an episode with us he like was, a month ago. Exactly. We are talking with Raphael Sears, and he was on episode 115 of the podcast. What a guy. Which was, man. Anytime that you talk with Raphael, the thing that always stands out—so inspiring, inspiring Ooh. in his level of vulnerability—and that's what, and that's kind of yes. what he talks about, especially in yes. saying, "Hey, things aren't going well," and I just decided, well, you know what, I could pretend or I could be real. Yep. And speaking of real, here we go. Here we go. Here's our conversation with Raphael Sears. 
Well, Raphael, we're so excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Hey, man, I'm glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is awesome. This guy. How do I start off laughing? I don't we're, get it. <laughs> hey, hey, we're the podcast all about fun. So we, your, your episode dropped um, in November. Um, mm-hmm. We're actually recording this in, in no, the, this piece of our end of the year episode in November, but it's actually right. dropping this week um, in November. But by the time this part airs, um, it'll have been out for about a month. Um, so lots of things have been happening. Lots of things have been happening since the last time um, that, that we talked. And so I guess the thing that I wanted to start, start this off with um, and, and our guests or our, our listeners, they kind of know the deal of what we're doing with this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just we're trying to we're trying to wrap things up with some people who we had a great time talking with yeah. and just figure out what they've learned, what you all have learned and, and what you're looking forward to learning. And so I wanted to start it off with this. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something right now that that's gone on in the last year, 2018, that you are just super, super excited about? Huh. I'm super, super. Oh. I'm um well it's it's happening in 2019 but I got got it this that's that, hey that's, that's that fair that's fair oh, yeah. all right um I think the last time you guys talked to me I was doing 12th night yep mm-hmm. okay well I'm doing 12th night again yeah and I'm doing it yeah yeah it's crazy I'm doing it at Yale Rep what. So yeah, That's yeah, crazy. yeah, it's kind of, it's really crazy. So I'm doing it. Um, uh, I start rehearsals in February. Can you and, can you tell uh, can you tell folks a little bit about what that is? Uh, uh Twelfth Night. Yes. Uh, Twelfth Night is a play. It's a Shakespearean play. So William Shakespeare wrote it. Boom. Um, and the last time I I was in the show, I played Sir Toby, which mm-hmm. is. Uh, a man of class and and wealth, and he has a drinking problem. And uh, but he's also uh, um, he's also also masking his grief, you know, through fun and excitement and drinks and lavish lives and stuff like that. And so um, I'm actually I'm ensemble in this production, but I'm understudying Sir Toby. So uh, it is. I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to co- go on uh, many nights. Hopefully, I hope. I hope. Mm-hmm. I, I already. I'm already memorized. <laughs> so. Right. right. Um, but this this take is going to be uh, Afrofuturism, um, which mm-hmm. is going to be really cool. So if you think of like Janelle Monae, yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of what she represents, you know, with like the arc uh, android and just futuristic blackness. Um, it's going to be really cool to see that. Uh, that take uh, when it comes to Shakespeare. Um, and also, it's really exciting to do it because, you know, before I did Shakespeare, man, I, I mean, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me doing it. And, sure. and um, you know, especially doing this play at Yale University, um, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, I always think about the little kid that looks like me who needs to see this, you know? Sure. So. Um, I think that's what makes it even more exciting. But also, Yale Rep, uh, um, I remember saying, you know, I, I auditioned for Yale twice. And I remember saying, if I don't get into this school, I got to be on their stage. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so dream accomplished. 
Yeah, man. So it was on my uh, it was on my my uh, my vision board. So mm-hmm. yeah, just to see that, you know, I'm about to put a check mark on that bad boy. That's so awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. And uh, oh oh, I just did Chicago Fire. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. I saw that. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did, dude. <laughs> I, was, I did. I was saving that for. I was saving that for for a little bit later. But if you, I want to talk about it. You brought it up. Okay. So so okay. tell us that story. So I saw I saw that you did that through Instagram. Um, yeah. Follow, I, follow, I follow you on the gram. On the gram. I call it the gram because that's what all the cool kids call it. But okay. anyways, tell tell us tell us that story. Um, just tell us that story. Well, I. Uh... <laughs> I went in and auditioned. I auditioned for this. I actually auditioned, um, damn, when was that? In October? I think it was in October, the beginning of October. And um, I thought it went well, you know, had a good read. Uh, and then I got a call back within the hour um, to come oh, wow. back. I think, what, what was it, two days later, I think? Went in, did the same thing in front of the showrunner this time. Um, and then I got, I got the part like that following week. Um, and so, uh, it was, it was, I had a lot of fun and what was really fun about it was that I had to do like some fighting choreography and, um, yo, I had just gotten my certification for combat, um, from, you know, when I graduated from U of I. So I was like, yo, I mean, they had, they had a stunt double there, uh, just in case, but I was just like, yo, I, I think I can do this. And so I basically did my stunts, which was which was a plus for me because when I first started, you know, you know, training for combat, you, sound like I'm in the service, uh, training for <laughs> stage combat. Um, uh, uh, I had a lot of hurdles to to overcome, you know, and to jump over. Uh, because I I couldn't see myself grasping the knowledge um, quick enough, and um, I had to work at my own pace. And at the end of the day, uh, there's a video. It's on my uh, my YouTube. I mean my uh, my website of my uh, uh, my test. And we, me and my my classmate, did this um, choreography that we choreographed along with. Uh, our professors, and if we were recommended, which when you're recommended, um, that means that it was like, um, like they they they're like you're certified, but also you mastered this, or like you're really good at at, at unarmed fighting, and that's what we did. Um, so yeah, to be able to show, you know, kind of flex my muscle on on TV was really cool. Um, yeah, man, I had a lot of fun. It was, I'm going to be real with you. It was, it was, once you have a taste of TV, you want more. And right after that, the day after shooting, I went to, uh, did a temp job the next day, which I say was the hardest mentally to do, you know, um, because I was like in a closet folding, like stuffing envelopes for eight hours. I was just like, bro, bro, you know, after being on set and, you know, feeling like I was at home, you know, it was, it was, it was, it, that's the, that's the part of the hustle that people don't see. 
And um, even with my Instagram or with social media, I try my best uh, to really show the complexity of my process and not just, hey, guys, I just booked a gig. I want people to see that there's ups and downs of of dream chasing and dream doing. And uh, that's a part of it. It's just that hustle, man. You know, like the next day I was at a temp job. And I was just like, I am. What am I doing here? <laughs> I'm a star. No, I'm just like, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's a part of it, you know. You know, um, recently they talked about. I mean, recently Jeffrey Owens, who was on the Cosby Show, was in the news uh, when someone saw him working at Trader Joe's, you know. And people have this perception: oh, he must be rich. He must be making a lot of money. And since the whole thing went down with Cosby, it stopped a lot of their checks. You know, and and I I love the fact that he got that attention because it showed everybody the hustle that we have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like even today, I was just like, I'm applying to jobs right now. Just like, yo, that in-between time is hard, you know, and people just sometimes people, you know, want to just show when they book. And I'm not that person. It doesn't do it doesn't do well for the dream doer and the dream the dreamer who is seeing that. They just see all my life I'm just booking, which might happen. I I, I receive that, but I, I also want to be very honest about my process and what I go through. And some days are not good, and some days I feel motivated and I'm excited. Um, but that's that's that was really humbling. It was very humbling um, doing that 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 show and then the next day going to a temp job so i'm learning bro that's <laughs> my i'm learning <laughs> yeah what 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 are a couple other things that you've learned this past year hmm i'm learning uh i don't think i've learned it yet or mastered it yet um man uh it's so funny. You guys hit me up on a day where I was just like, yo, what am I doing? Like, I wish I, I wish I, I always say, I wish I was like even more positive around you guys. Um, because this is a, this is a part of the process, man. Mm-hmm. I just got, I, I was on hold for a commercial that shot in LA and, um, and this happened twice in a row for a really, you know, like almost like game changing, uh, uh, opportunity and today i just got the news i was released and when you release that means they're done like they're good you know you can move on with your life and so you're like on hold for like weeks or months you know um um so what i'm learning man what i'm learning is that one of my one of my friends told me this yesterday a couple of days ago because i asked him if he can go back in time and talk to his younger self when he graduated, what would he say to himself? And he said, he said, um, what did he say? He said, it it doesn't happen in a day. Like, there's no need to get depressed about it. It just doesn't happen in a day. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm working on. I don't think I've mastered it yet. <laughs> I mean, I probably threw everything all through this house. And 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 been pissed off, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm learning it, and it's a hard it's a hard lesson, man. When you want something so badly, and when you've been in the game for a while, and like I said, Instagram and sometimes the the social media doesn't it doesn't help at times when you're in your in between because 
you can easily start comparing your life to somebody else's perfect life, you know? And so I think that's the thing I'm learning is just that it's not, it, it doesn't always happen in a day, you know? So there's a lot of grace that I'm learning to extend to myself. You know, I, it's funny that you say that because I think I'm learning that lesson right now too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Todd and I, we've talked, we've talked about this for so much of, um, you know, whenever I started working for the church that I'm working at um, for now, you know, kind of, yes. so I kind of work in like the family life department with students and stuff like that. And the culture yeah. really wasn't very good. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of my prayers was God help us to change the culture of it. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. it really wasn't until, you know, this happened like a couple of weeks ago to where I was just flipping through journals and stuff like that. And I was like, man, things have changed. But part of me still wants to be like, man, we have so much further to go that, yeah. that, that it's hard. It's hard to, you know, you get so caught in the future that you forget to look back on the past and look yeah. at, man, look how far that I've come. Yeah. Yeah. Raphael, I, I, how do you, how do you, how do you combat the comparison game? Because I imagine, especially in, a, in, a, in an industry like what you're in, being an actor, being an artist, yeah. it's got it's to be amplified even more um, than I think I would think in some other professions. Because really what you guys are doing is you're, you're making things, you know, for you, your medium is, is film, um, but you're making things for other people to see. And, and that would just be a terrible, terrible place to live in as an art, uh, to fall into the comparison trap. How do you fight against that? What do you what do you do? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm learning. I'm telling you, all of this is fresh. Um, I think I think the thing I'm doing to combat it is to be honest about it. Like I had I told somebody the other day, I'm like, I'm jealous. I am straight up jealous. I am. I've been waiting for my time. I've lost a lot of people, you know, tragically. I've bounced back. I've, I keep going back to it. I've been faithful to God. You know, I had to allow myself to have those moments, you know, um, because most of the time, you know, what I've learned to do, you know, growing up is to suppress all of that and in some kind of way be the perfect Christian that just smiles through it and says, praise God. I had to be I've, I've been allowing myself to feel those feelings. And, and, and I mean, God has given me those God-given feelings. I mean, daggone it, he stressed out on the way to the cross, you know, was stressing out blood, you know, and he threw over some tables in the temple. I'm throwing over some tables right now. Um, so I've been allowing myself to just feel it, man. And, you know, I think the hardest part, the hardest part about it is that, you know, uh, you try to it's easy to make it seem like everything is good. Like I, even with this interview, I was like, oh man, how am I going to think of something good to say? How am I going to make it look like I'm killing the game? And it's just not, I think people learn more from my battle wounds. And I think I find, I think I learn more from that. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, I think it's just, I, I, to combat it is to talk about it, you know? And like, even today, I, um, like I said, I'm new to the city and dream chasing can be very lonely. It can be very lonely. And there are times when you wish your friends who you grew up with 
are, you know, walking alongside of you doing the same thing, you know, and I'm also in a new city. So I've been uh, like today, I just made a list of people to reach out to and be like, yo, like the inspiration is low. The motivation is low. I'm checking in because you're a part of this community. You, you, you went to my school. Let's grab coffee. Let's just talk. And I feel like the more honest I am about where I am, um, I think that's where the healing takes place. And then you have other people who be like, yeah, man, I've been dealing with the same thing. So then you don't feel like you're alone. It's very easy to compare yourself. You know, I think it just goes back to going back to your truth. You know, that's why I journal. I journal a lot. I I go to um, I go to plays. I you know, sometimes I just need a reminder that I'm on the right path. Um, I actually went back to to my school. When was that? A week ago. It's about a week ago. And uh, to speak to a class. And I came into the class thinking that I, I mean, they didn't know I was coming and I came in. I didn't know who was in the room and um, they started clapping. And I was just like, what is this? I mean, like really clapping. Like, I'm like, am I dying? What's happening? Did I just win something? You know, I was really thrown off. But most of the people in that class were students of mine, former students of mine. And it almost broke me down because it was it was a time that I really needed that reminder that I'm on the right path. You know, and, you know, some people came up to me, was just like, yo, your class changed my life. I'm now a theater major. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's, sometimes you just need those reminders. And, and I'm just I'm just not there to act like good. Everything is good. You know, um, you know, I think I think that's where the healing takes place. And I think that's when you realize you're not alone and that other people feel the same way. Um I think that's that's how I'm finding finding my healing. It's just talking about it, man. Talking about it. Talking about it. <laughs> so, Raphael, what is something that you've either started or something you've stopped doing over the last year that's helped you a lot? It could be it could be multiple things. It could be one of each. It could be only one of one of them. I, it doesn't matter. What's something you have either started or stopped? doing this past year that's helped you a lot whether and that could be professionally personally mm -hmm. whatever except if you say tinder i will laugh uh no i did not uh, no <laughs> i, I didn't know what tinder so was until like last year <laughs> i want something so bad i didn't know like, what it was until last year bro <laughs> um let's see what, i got a profile on christianmingle.com i know oh my gosh you were never <laughs> in these streets on christian mingle Come on, <laughs> oh my gosh well <laughs> keep that, that in don't edit that out no, I'm just like, <laughs> the first um, one, but caleb has it i'm just kidding i'm just <laughs> kidding you know what what i started doing i got i got a couple but um uh, i started to um no let me see what i stopped doing what i stopped doing is waiting for the opportunity um and started making the opportunity let's just say that um i'm working on a film short uh i don't know if i should say who it is yet because that, that puts a lot of pressure on me um but i've been i have okay i'll just say it i'll just should i say it i don't know if i should say it yet Let's just say I've been wanting to play 
an artist, a, 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 a vocalist, a, a legend for the longest. It's a dream role. And I have been I have been waiting for that opportunity to happen. I've been waiting for someone to 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 start a movie, you know, start filming a movie. I, I had Google alerts just in case there was some new news. Um and uh I teamed up with uh with one of the guys who who I met in Champaign, um uh, who filmed our showcase? Because uh, you know we did a, a digital showcase um, uh, when we uh, right before we graduated, and he's he's a he's a he's a director and you know cinematographer and uh, I've never met someone who is just as passionate as I am about something I've always wanted to do, um, and so uh, we're doing this short for consideration, man. You know, like if there's a movie that is going to happen about this artist, um, I want to be ready. And I have been waiting and waiting for that moment to happen. And I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Let's let. What, what do we need to do? So I actually just recorded like a test clip. I could send y'all the 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 link so you guys can see. <laughs> edit this part out. Yeah. Um, but I, I uh, just to see how it looks and what we can come up with, and um, and I'm excited, man. I'm just not about. I've waited and waited and waited, and sometimes you have to wait. Um, but when you have the ability to to make something happen, I think that's what I'm learning to do. You know, so I write letters. I still write letters to like people I look up to and you know what I'm saying? Like people I've always wanted to work with. I, I told you I wrote to Denzel like when I write it was like it was right around that time. It was right never heard back with you. But <laughs> but I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's you know, I think that's the kid in me that um that is still there, you know, still dreaming big. Um so that's what I've stopped doing. I've stopped waiting on folks to create an opportunity for me um what have i started doing is that the is that the second yeah, the other part was what and you don't have to have i mean if you didn't if it, there's nothing there there's nothing there okay what i've okay. started doing is I, like i said i started being honest with my process <laughs> i think that's it i've started being honest with where i am like i you know you know, saying no when I need to say no. Um, yeah, I think that is the thing because I'm a recovering nice guy. I'm a recovering nice guy. Aren't and we so, all? Jeez. Yeah, come on, son. We we have it the hardest, man. And uh, I've been. I think life has been having me focus on what do what is best for Raphael right now. So yeah, I've I've, I've just started to be very honest. Honest with Raphael. As, as a recovering as a recovering nice guy, what's one thing that you've had to do besides just start saying no that's helped you a lot? Hmm. I got my answer to it, but everybody's answer is different. I'm just curious. You said what? What? Instead of just saying no. Instead of just besides just saying no, what's one thing as a recover? You call yourself a recovering nice guy. Yeah, yeah. What's something that you you've done that's helped a ton? Um, or you could have done it, or you stopped doing it, or whatever. Doesn't matter. I I, I really think it's 
it's really being honest with where I am because um, I don't know. Like I'll talk to a friend and be like, I'm pissed off. Probably Rafael wouldn't have said that, you know, years ago and just been honest. It was like, or being very direct. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize I have some power in that of being direct and being honest. Um, and then walking away like, okay, cool. You know, if you get it, great. If you don't, that's on you. You know, uh, I think that has been my thing, man. It's just just finding my voice. Finding my voice and saying, you know, saying exactly how I feel with 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 tact, um, you know, uh, not apologizing for who I am, not apologizing for taking up space, um, not apologizing for for uh, for the things I'm interested in. You know, I remember I, I think I don't know if I ever told you guys about this, but, you know, like. Growing up, like I love history and specifically like jazz history or African-American history. And I used to have people to kind of taunt me because, you know, because of my love for it, you know, like, oh, okay, what kind of history lesson are we going to learn today? And I learned for years to like dim my light. And so I don't know, man, I don't know if it's these 30s, you know, where I'm just kind of like, yo, I am, I am, I am Raphael. You like it, you like it, you don't, you don't. I'm good. That's how I, that's actually how I got my agent, you know. Um, uh, when I was courted by another uh, talent agent, uh, you know, I was just like, look, you know, I don't want to come in here and act like, you know, you guys hold my future in your hands. Like, if y'all like what I, what I do, great. If y'all don't, cool. And it was the first time I had ever done that where I was my full self in an audition, you know, where I was just not, I wasn't, you know, hoping and wishing that they would pick me. It was like, no, no, if you, if you did what I do, great. If not, cool. You know, we can still chop it up. We can still talk, joke, but, um, yeah, man, I think that's the thing I'm learning, man. It's just, it, it's it's really, this year has been, grad school does not end when you graduate. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. I am still a student of, of life. And I'm, I'm also, a, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, you start facing yourself when you graduate or when you go into a new milestone, you know, you go into a new chapter, you start facing yourself and you have to deal with yourself and you say, okay. Do I want to be everything everybody else wants me to be? Or do I um, do I want to be, I'm with me the rest of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, man, so I think that's just been the thing that has been, you know, I've been learning uh, when it comes to combating the recovering, you know, the, the, the nice guy. I'm, I, I've been just saying no when I need to. And, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> So long-winded, man. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, listen, listen, I'm the king of long-winded. You ain't even close. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. <laughs> so, uh, Raphael, what? Just as we're kind of wrapping up here, what? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you most looking forward to learning or experiencing in 2019? Um, I want to experience joy, like, like 
enjoy doing what I, I do, doing what I love, investing in other people, being invested in. Um, I just wanna, I just wanna be able to live, dude. Like I know that sounds very, you know, cliche. But like, That's like when, the most artist. It is, it is. But I think that's like, <laughs> yeah, man. But it's, 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 it. Like I said, it takes moments like this when you realize you're not living. You're just kind of existing and 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 surviving. And I want to thrive, man. I really mm-hmm. want to thrive. And I think, I think when you've experienced pain and loss and uh, like my book bag was stolen uh, day after Thanksgiving. So, like, I just kind of want a, a year, you know, I just want to be able to walk into my destiny and just be, you know, where I don't have to wake up thinking about funds. And, you know, I just I think that's the thing. When you don't realize that you're living, um, you know, things like that happen. You're like, oh, my gosh, like I just been surviving. I just been living day to day. I want to thrive, man. I want to thrive. I, I, I don't know what that fully feels like and I really want that. I don't wanna I don't wanna just survive or exist. I wanna thrive. So so yeah, it might sound really cliche, but it's that's 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 where I'm at, bro. You know, I think or just because it's cliche doesn't mean that it's not important though. Yeah. Or yeah. that it's not true. Right, right, right. Right. Well Raphael, thank you so much for being on the learner's corner today if people want to continue to learn from you find out more about you where's the best place for them to go to do that uh you can go to my my bank account no i'm just like uh (laughs) (laughs) you can send all kinds of donations i'll send you the email address and address and and, no i'm just like (laughs) you can go you can go to my website, man. Uh, www.raphaelsears.com. That's R-A-F-F-E-A-L Sears, like the store, dot com. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on the podcast again. Thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. Every time that I finish talking with Raphael. Such a good dude. I just end up, you know, just as you were saying, inspired. So inspiring. Um, you're going to want to check him out. Go to his website. Yep, RaphaelSears.com. Um, yeah, also give him a follow on social media. He's a great follow on Instagram. Um, do all that. I know he's going to be doing some shows coming up this spring. Um, you'll be able, I'm sure, to find all of that on his website. Um, he's going to be doing some, some, all sorts of stuff. Just go to his website. Check it out. But Caleb. This next guest that we're having on the podcast, it's her first time being. But on the she's podcast. a friend of ours, and she, we wanted her to she come is on. Very much a friend of the podcast, and she called and us out. She did, and she is a longtime listener. And I guarantee you, this will not be her last time on the podcast. No, but it is our good friend Crystal Chang. So, which if you don't know Crystal, go listen to the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. What oh, are you doing? We love. The Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. Oh. It challenges us so much. Love some of the stuff that they're talking. Like, let me. Okay. You're going to drop some bombs. I'm, I'm just going to. He's, he's getting into me, his phone. He's getting me, deep. Give me 30 seconds. Oh, Lord. I'll entertain help, him. To help promo I'll sing a song. the podcast. Don't Here's worry. some of the things that they've talked about recently. Here's just. Just listen to these, some, of, some of these episodes. Listen to these titles. titles. Who does Why this? Why you should never talk about purity again in your youth ministry. How to care for students who have been abused. How to handle conflict as a youth ministry leader. If that isn't a reason to go, you need to check him out. 
Crystal is a contributing panelist on that podcast and is just a great person and a great leader. They laugh a lot on that show. And so here is our conversation about what Crystal learned in 2018. Well, Crystal, we are so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today. You guys, I'm so excited to be here. Why has it taken this long to get you on? Uh, it took that long for you to ask me, and an I had to thing? say on Rethinking Ethicity that I wanted to be on your podcast, and then you asked me. <laughs> I feel like, here's the thing, though. I feel like it's an agent thing. I feel like my people haven't gotten with your people, my people being Caleb. <laughs> your people being your people being chef. I feel like your people is chef. I am forever gonna refer to chef as my people. <laughs> he'll love that. <sighs> I'm sure he'll love it as much as I love it whenever Todd says it to me. <laughs> That's my people. Caleb's my people. Uh, well, Crystal, we're we're just super excited to have you on the podcast. This is your first time. But you're a listener, and this definitely won't be the last time that you're on the podcast. But we're really excited to talk with you about some of the stuff that you've learned in 2018. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about some things I learned in 2018. In fact, one of the things I started doing in 2018, because um, there's a guy on our team that's like super smart, and he said he does this, and so I just copy what other people do. Um, is he said he wrote down things he learned each week, so I started writing down things that I learned every week. Look and so I have a, I have a list over here, boys. I have a list. <laughs> well, hey, let's start this off. Let's start this off with this. What's probably the most exciting or cool or just what's the thing that you're the most excited about that you, you've kind of taken away from 2018? Ooh, most excited about. Oh, goodness. There's such a, there's such a list. But probably the thing that I'm most excited about out of 2018 is I learned a lot about the power of a really healthy, really positive team. Like when you get a really healthy, really positive team that's all in it for each other, cheering for each other, celebrating for each other, advocating for each other, it is like rocket fuel. And that's kind of where my, my team is right now, not just the high school team, but the middle school team we work with. Um, actually, Bo Hintz, as you would call her, Ashbo, has been on staff for a while now. And there is no better advocate to have in your corner than Ashbo. And she, like, it has made 2018 about 150 times better. Um, just having the enormous amount of positivity that she brings and that, that our XP3 team brings. It's been a really good year in that Shout way. Shout out to the homie Ashley. Ashley! <laughs> we, should, we should find a spot to sing somewhere on this episode or, or on this, this segment. Just just for her. I'll, I'll think about it, and I'll come up with something. Okay, I'll let you take care of that, Todd. Caleb and I will definitely join in. Yes. Those are my threes <laughs> uniting over there. Those are my threes oh. uniting. <laughs> oh. hey, Crystal, That's right. You are a three, aren't you? I, I am a three, yes. I love that. <laughs> and Todd is a two, so he just doesn't understand. Todd says he's a two, but he acts like a three sometimes. He's a two with a three-way. I have a two-way. That's it. Yeah. It's me. I'm just not mean. (laughs) Three are not mean. That's Mm, true. Do you know him? We're only only mean behind your back. You don't know him. (laughs) We would never let anyone see 
we would never let anyone see it. No, of course not. <laughs> Caleb, get us back on track. Crystal, what else? Uh, what are some other things? <laughs> he you listened. Can... You see what I mean? He listened. <laughs> he did it. I said, get us back. It's fine. It's for the. That's that's for the culture. <laughs> oh. So, Crystal, what what are some other things that you've learned in 2018? Okay, some other things I learned um, on my list. This was a this was a great week when I learned to always check the trunk of your Uber. Um, <laughs> learned that on Orange Hold on, Tour. What? Once the luggage pulls away and someone's trunk, getting it to come back is really difficult because you have to go through Uber's customer service to get to the driver who may or may not respond. It's a whole situation. Um, in fact, the last time I saw you guys in Lakes, there I left my luggage in the trunk of that uber and was trying to get it back before we got on a plane so i learned no that. you did um, it that is ridiculous <laughs> it's a powerful lesson people um oh. i so i read the best book in 2018 i read think better and it opens by talking about the three things that hurt your ability to to productively think one of those being monkey minds, which is like where your brain just bounces from tree to tree and goes all over the place. Um, another is gator brain, where you're only thinking with the most central part of your brain, which is yep. fight, flight, or uh, freeze. And so you can't think clearly there. Or the other is, is called the tethered elephant mind, which is it's basically the story of an elephant that's tethered that gets unchained and doesn't realize it and still continues to walk in the same circle. So it's pattern thinking. Um, but I, I learned a ton from this book about how to think differently and how to think differently in groups and so every chapter was like four or five exercises in how to do a creative meeting differently how to have a conversation in a team differently so that you're all thinking differently together it was that was a really helpful book um let's see what else have we learned i learned as a leader one of the lessons i learned from chef some of you know that tom chef Janus is my boss um, and I learned so many leadership lessons from He's him. One, he is the goat. He's um, the goat. And not like the angry old goat reference to no. goat, but like the greatest of all time goat. Yeah, like the greatest of all time goat. Like goat emoji, that junk. <laughs> he is goat emoji. No joke. And one of the things I noticed that he does as a leader, and I thought, man, I want to do this forever, is he will... If there's a, a good news or a positive conversation that we need to have with someone on the team, he gives that away and lets someone else have the good news conversation. But if there's a difficult conversation, he takes that for himself. And so as, as someone serving under him, I get past so many fun conversations to have. And if there's something that's really difficult, he always offers, whether I take him up on it or not, to have that conversation for me. And it's such a great way to serve the people under you. By letting them have good news and you take, you know, the tough news is your own. So, where is that watching Chef this year? <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. What else? Let's see. What else is on the list? Um, I learned, be careful when responding to people. Then so you have all the context. So, I got the, the chance to have a lot of conversations on Orange Tour this year. And I talked to a lot of youth leaders, a lot of children's pastors, and I would catch myself assuming that I knew what they were asking before they were actually asking the questions. And several times I responded to them as a youth pastor and learned that they were asking as a parent. Oh. And it's just a different conversation when you're talking to a kid's youth pastor 
versus when you're talking to their dad. So I've been working really hard this year on making sure that I ask a lot of questions, get a lot of context before I respond to people. Yeah. No. Those are a few things on my list. You guys tell me what uh what Hold on, who's interviewing he who here? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot what I was for a second. Sorry. That's okay. No, that's, that's okay. We can answer if you really want us to. That's the next episode. Well, that's the next episode of the podcast. How about this? We'll answer. We'll give you a, a quick five when we're done. Caleb is going, no, no, that's another episode. No, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you. We'll just edit this part out. I love it. Or we'll tell you off air. Either way. Either way, name it and claim it. Okay. Name it, claim it. I love it. So, Crystal, what are some things that over the last year, some, just a couple things that you could think of that you've either started or stopped that changed the game for you? Okay. So there's, there's three things that come to mind. Um, one of them is I stopped doing one of my favorite things. And one of my favorite things was for about three years, we had a Sunday night dinner at my house. We had friends over, we played board games, and it was, it was really awesome. And because it was really awesome, it grew from being four people to being six people to being 12 people to being 15 people to being every Sunday night I was cooking for 15 to 20 people. And it was great. But in January, we shut down Sunday night dinner, and I have never been so free because <laughs> it was a thing. So now we, we hang out together, and sometimes we all go out to dinner, but not 20 people in the house every Sunday night. So that, um, I instead, in that time, I started doing like a, a quick Sunday night prep, or I'll get up super early on Monday morning and go through uh, the schedule for the following week the to-do list for the following week, the things that I'm working on the following week. And I have this, like, just this one note on my computer where the entire week at a glance is. Um, that's, that's helpful to me. But the more helpful part is emailing that to the entire team because it just helps us all to get on the same page and start Monday going, I know where everybody is. And if I need to schedule a meeting with them, I'm not saying, hey, when are you free? When are you free? When are you free? But instead, we've all got each other's schedules and we're looking at it. So. That was something we did this year that was super helpful. Um, that sounds like a, something a three would do. <laughs> it is. It oh, kind of it is. is. But it's still a great idea. I love that idea, Crystal. He's stealing it. Now, thanks for that. Now I'm going to have to deal with that. Good enough. I think you guys should email each other every week. At the beginning of the week, what you're doing. You're welcome. <laughs> we're already we're already too intertwined. Our lives are too intertwined. I can't. That's fair. I just can't. That is fair. Um, something else I started doing at the beginning of 2018 that's been magical is outsourcing everything I can outsource. So um, I hate doing receipts. Like every factory in America, I hate doing receipts, and I lose the receipts, and I'm not very good at spreadsheets. And so I would just save them because I don't like them. And so I would just save them, I don't know, so I had to sit and do it for six hours. Um, so instead, we found somebody who can do them in an hour a month who charges very, very little. So for like 10 to $12, somebody else is doing my receipt, which is the jam. I started using Instacart. I started using a cleaning. Everything that could be outsourced in 2018 got outsourced to somebody else, and it is awesome. All right. 
Have you used Walmart's pickup app yet? No. Crystal. Crystal. Okay, I get that. But literally, they put all you do, it, it blew my mind. They bring your groceries outside you and they put it in your trunk. You don't have to get out of the car. It blew my mind. Okay, okay, okay. But Instacart brings them to my house. That's disgusting. Like someone else goes inside them and brings them to my home. That's disgusting. Yes. That's even and better. I learned, you probably learned this with Walmart too. I learned that actually I thought our grocery budget would go up to pay for delivery fees and went down. Because your girl Way here down. can't do any impulse buying when she's not in the store. <laughs> nope. You ain't walking by the DVD. The, 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 well, I almost said DVDs. DVDs aren't a thing anymore. You ain't walking by the movie section and just like, mm, I'm going to buy every season of Friends because I'm going to do that. Because it's there, right? <laughs> you ain't doing that anymore. No. 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 I'm going to find some time to figure out how to make truffle oil. No. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. So let's not go buy truffles. How about that? (laughs) Something else I started in 2018 that is great and I recommend it for everybody is counseling. Um, I started meeting with Tanithria and she is the jam. She's so sassy. And so I've learned a lot from her. But one of the things I learned from her is she said, hey, you shouldn't pretend like things that are hard are not hard because all of us do hard things and everybody around us knows that they're difficult, but we feel like we got to show up and pretend like, Oh no, it's just so easy. Everything's fine. I'm fine. I never get stressed. Nothing's ever busy. And this is an exact quote from Tanithria. She goes, girl, that cape you're trying to wear is choking you to death. And I was like, okay, Tanithria. Okay. <laughs> but she's right. It's okay to say hard things are hard to do and difficult things are difficult to do and busy, challenging things are busy and challenging. So, yeah, counseling. I support Speaking it. in life. I'm just quietly taking notes over here. I'm with See, you. See, you're still being a teacher. Okay. I want to be a teacher. <laughs> you're still being a teacher. There you go. Final thing we want to ask you about is what are you most excited to learn or experience in 2019? Oh, okay. So there's two things. Um, one is I spent a lot of 2018 diving into other cultures' perspectives. Um, now, you know, my last name is Chang, so I live in another culture's perspective. My husband's Chinese. Um, but I grew up in a town where everybody looks the same, and everybody comes from the same background and maybe the same genetic pool, but that's a different thing. Um, but everybody was very similar where I grew up. And so I realized I was at a deficit for understanding what it was like to grow up black or to grow up Hispanic or to grow up Indian or to grow up Muslim. And so I've done a lot of reading in 2018. I'm going to do a lot more in 2019 because as it turns out, there's a lot of info out there. (laughs) Um, One of the best books I read, by the way, in 2018 was The Hate You Give, which is now a movie. So you don't even have to read the book. But if you're a youth pastor... The Hate You Give is the story of a 15-year-old girl living between two cultures, and it's, oh, so good. Um, So good. Don't judge me for the language, but it's so good. So uh, that's one, 2019, learning about other cultures. And the other is I've been been, uh, living with this small group for the last three years. So I've got a small group of 
not even a small number of girls. I think we're at 37 on the roster right now. They're awesome. I love them like crazy. I've had them since they were freshmen. They're juniors now. And so in 2019, they're going to become seniors. And everything I know about leading seniors to be truly ready to leave high school is all theory. So we're going to put it into practice in 2019 and see what part of it works and what part of it doesn't work and what really keeps kids coming to church the second semester of their senior year and which what doesn't work at all for that. Um, but my goal is to get every one of them ready for the next phase of life. And maybe that happens in our ministry and maybe it happens in coffee dates outside, but we're going to find out next year. Mm-hmm. Well, Crystal, thanks so much for being on the Learner's Corner today. If people want to continue to learn from you, connect with you, where's the best place for them to go to do that? They can do it at Crystal C. Chiang. There's an I in my last name. It's so complicated. So Crystal C. C-H-I-A-N-G on Instagram, on Twitter, or crystalcchang.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, guys. Love talking with Crystal, as we said. Yay, Crystal! We're definitely going to have to have her back on the podcast again. She's so fun. With her. Also, don't forget to follow her on social media. Check out the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast, any of that stuff. Check you're out her website. You're gonna, yes, you're going to want to continue to learn from Crystal. I just got to say, my goodness, people were dropping all sorts of knowledge and all sorts of wisdom Great stuff. in this. I feel like I'm going to have to spend like just a day going through all this stuff yes. and writing my notes. Well, and you and I are going to do this next week. Remember, 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 if you haven't yet, subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss next week's episode, where Caleb and I actually do a lot of the same stuff where we talk about things we've learned about. And what we're looking forward to in 2019, make sure you subscribe. You're not going to want to miss that. Also, I want to say, if you are still with us, shout out to you. Shout you are, out to you. You to you the real MVP. You are a true lifelong learner. You are a lifelong you learn learner. from everything and anything. And we've saved two fire episodes for last. Yes. Who are we talking to now? We're going to talk with Brad Lominick. You mean, hold on, that Brad Lominick? Yes. And guess what? I actually got to talk with him this so, time. So last time, what episode was it? Episode 52. So something happened and Caleb was saving the world or something like that. And he couldn't be there for that recording. And I talked with him. I've had an entire year of just teasing the crap out of Caleb because he, could, he didn't get to talk with Brad the first time. So this time he was there. We talked. It was awesome. You're going to want to check out all of Brad's content. Yep. A lot to learn from Brad. Here, Here we, we go. go. Well, Brad, we're so excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Thanks for having me again. Round two, Electric Boogaloo. Yes, exactly. And this time we actually get to talk because you only got to talk with Todd last time. Well, you're a big dog, Caleb. You were out, you know, <laughs> you were out doing something important while well, Todd, Todd and I were, were, we were, we were making, making the cheese, cheese in the kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> you, you, you were out, out like, like, you know, finding, finding new restaurants, restaurants to acquire. acquire. Yes, yes, exactly. There you go. <laughs> he wishes that's what he was doing. <laughs> well, hey, Brad, just as we're getting started, um, the, I guess the first spot to to start is just taking a look back at 2018. Um, and so I guess the, the way I'd like to start this is, can you just talk to us about maybe some of the really fun things or some, just something that's really kind of stuck with you that you've learned, some, some major stuff you've learned over this past year? 
Yeah. Well, there's there's, there's there are several, several things. things. I mean, I, mean, the, I think for me, one of the big lessons, lessons is, is continues to be a big lesson is the power of curation, and just this idea that the leaders and the influencers and those who have the power, but also I think those who are sitting in places where they can get things done are are more and more the people who are the aggregators. You know, I mean, you all would be a good example. Like you're you're aggregating a tribe together in a community by leveraging a podcast format to to um, to platform people who are, you know, in quotes the experts. And your your job is not to necessarily be the experts. You're just you're simply a curator. And I, I think that's I'm seeing that more and more in, in culture. I'm seeing it more for me personally. You know, I, I'm I went from lots of years of putting on big conferences, but even in that role and now what I'm doing with smaller events and smaller invite only things and being behind the scenes, I still feel like that that person who is willing to stand in the shadows is the one who continues to sort of rise up among those who are, you know, getting the most influence. So it's, that's a big shift. I mean, that's a, and it's a continued learning for me that I'm, that I'm really watching. I mean, another learning is, or another thing that I'm really interested in is the deep dive of technology and how that's changing, how we, how we actually communicate and how we interact, but also how the church does what the church does. And, you know, anybody who follows Carrie Newhoff or some of the other voices that are out there talking about this, you know, the, the, the idea that engagement is now the leading indicator compared to attendance in the church and also in the faith world, whether it's a nonprofit, it's a parachurch, it's a youth group, it's a, you know, a, a Sunday experience, it doesn't matter. Like the idea that, that going forward, it's, it's more about, are you allowing people to feel like they're part of something? They're part of a community. They're they're engaging even before they become a member. Um, so that's a big, sh- massive shift that a lot of you know a lot of people are sitting around still trying to figure out. Th- those are two that come to mind pretty quickly. Who, as it concerns like the curated and stuff, who would be one or two people that you're that you're learning from from about that? Yeah. Well, I've. I've I'm a nerd as it relates to like all these newsletters uh-huh. that are out there. I mean, I have a list of probably 75 newsletters that I receive in my inbox. And a lot of those people are, are curators, you know, guys like Tim Ferriss mm-hmm. um, would be a good example of somebody who he has a, he has a big name, but you know, now what he's spending his time on more than anything else is, is more curating. I, I would say he's mm-hmm. not out speaking a lot. He's, he's, He's still writing books, but even his books are curation. Oh, yeah. His, you know, Seth Godin is another one. Seth has always been a curator in my mind. And he's, he's always, he always has a mindset of, of platforming people and of leveraging his platform for the, you know, the benefit of others and building something that actually other people can stand on. So uh, there's a guy named Jason, Jason Hishhorn. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but he does a, he does a curated newsletter that's called Redef, R-E-D-E-F, and he's not a well-known name, but he has massive amounts of influence mm-hmm. um, among like the influencers, you know, the people in culture. Um, there's a guy named Ben Thompson who writes a blog called Stratechery, which is the connection of strategy and tech. 
And uh, he's a fascinating guy to listen to. Um, Ryan Hawk is another podcast I listen to called The Learning Leader. Mm-hmm. And Ryan is, you know, he's building a brand and he's got a website. He's got a newsletter. and he, So it's, it's a lot of these voices that seem to be bubbling up that, again, you don't know the names. But when you start looking at who they have access to, yeah. you go, wow, like that's, that's actually that's really, really impressive. impressive. Um, um, so, what would, you, what would you say is more important in terms of? I don't know how to ask this, but like, what would you say is more important, having the name and the brand and all the stuff, or kind of being this this I, I call them the Pied Piper, uh, where everybody kind of knows who you are and people just kind of come to you, and, and you kind of you're like you said you're you're an aggregator, you're a curator, you're bringing things together. What's what's more valuable to you as a leader? I guess looking in it, whether it's business or whatever, what's, what's that? Va- where's the value there? Well, well I think, I it's, think both it's both and, and you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, the way we built catalyst was definitely the latter, meaning that we were trying to build a platform and a brand and a community and almost make it mysterious of who is in charge. Now, a lot of people would have said in the early days of Catalyst, oh, that's John Maxwell's thing, or that's Andy Stanley's thing, or don't you guys all work at North Point? I'm like, no. Uh, and, and people would ask, well, who's, who actually runs this thing? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was almost mysterious. It was almost, you had to work really hard to figure out kind of who the hero was, right? Um, compare that as a brand and as a community and as an organization to actually John Maxwell. And, and I love John. John's amazing. And I worked for John for a bunch of years. But the mindset sort of of the generation that came before us was, was build your name as the URL, right? I mean, it was, it was the, the ministry or the organization needs to be connected to you as the, as the thought leader, as the hero, as the person in charge, et cetera. And I, I think nowadays, more than ever, people want to, they want to join something that feels like there's room for them to actually sit at the table. and so. To your question, Todd, like I, I think it's both. I think you have to, you have to be intentional about being a expert and a thought leader, because that gives you credibility. But you also have to be intentional about building something that other people can stand on, and that you can be collaborative, collaborative with, and you can be generous with, and you know you can bring people into the conversation. So the, it really ends up that both of them are equally important. If I had to choose one. In this season, I would definitely choose the latter. I would choose, like, be, be okay being comfortable in the shadows. Um, you know, so again, think of all the people out there that are, that are doing podcasts and they're having interviews with the experts. This is an example. You, you all are living this out, you know. Uh, do you want people to know who you are? Sure. But are you actually creating credibility based on the, the interviews and the guests you have? Because they're going to be more of a draw initially, yes. So it's, so it's you know, you know it's, it's, both both it's definitely because yeah we and we we talk about this a lot, Caleb. Actually, where you know when we first started, it was one thing, and we we would struggle. Now you know when when we kind of put the resume out of what of some of the people we've talked to, you know they might not know who we are immediately, but as soon as they see the list, they're like, oh, you had who. And, and right, doors right. open, and we get to talk to more people, and it just, you're right, it just kind of continues to build. Well, well and the reality, reality, too, is, is that, that all, all the walls, walls of, 
all the walls of separation or the chasm between the, you know, the, the elite influencers, the heroes, the best-selling authors, the people that you think are like, oh my gosh, they're untouchable. Those walls have all crashed. Mm -hmm. So I expect today, wherever I'm at, you know, I expect that the mindset of this generation is such that we're all connected. You know, the old days, if we were trying to get a speaker at Catalyst, we had to go through 17 different gatekeepers and bureaus and agents. And like, this is so hard. <laughs> Nowadays, if I want to connect with somebody, I just reach out to them on social media. It yep. doesn't matter who they are. Like the expectation is, is that you're going to respond to me because that's the, that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And because of that, like, again, like, People see people as experts and they see them as thought leaders, but they don't see them as these, oh, my gosh, you're untouchable mm-hmm. way, or way less than it, than it ever has been before in the past. Unless your name is Taylor Swift, then you are definitely. Well, definitely. and you've got, you've like, got stalkers like stalkers who you're, you're now giving <laughs> you facial recognition. I heard about this. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, start, I'm gonna start, start uh, uh, hiding, hiding my face everywhere I go so nobody can get facial recognition. But here's the thing, though. The crazier thought behind that whole thing is that she has to do that. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly, that's exactly right. right. Yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. Anyway. Well, good, good for her team to, 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 to be innovative in that way. way. You know? Right. No, definitely. So the, I guess the next thing I, that we, we wanted to get into with you is um, one of the things that we hear high-level leaders and just people talk about all the time is, they're always wanting to figure out a new thing to adopt and, and, and then sometimes things to drop. So what are some things over the last year maybe that you either started or that you stopped or, or both or whatever you want to – wherever you want to go with that? Just some things well, that you started, things you stopped. There you go. I have, I have not, not stopped, stopped 100%, 100%, but I'm but like, like 95% stopped on social media. And not because of any reason other than uh, I just had some other priorities that – are now more important. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting is I haven't really missed it. And I don't think anybody's, you know, nobody's clamoring saying, please, I need, I need your tweets mm-hmm. or I need your, you know, your Instagram post. I'm, I'm not going to be complete without it. So that's been one thing that I've definitely put the brakes on. I will, uh, I will, let me pause you on that real quick. What have you seen to be the benefit to yourself from stopping in social media? Or 95% stopping with social media? Well, and I'm, I would say stopping means there's an asterisk. I haven't stopped looking at it. Mm-hmm. I just stopped posting. And what it's actually made me be more intentional about is listening compared to speaking. Or, or the idea that, that listening and paying attention is still very important to me. I want to be in the know. So I'm not trying to bury my head in the sand and say, oh, I'm done with this. This is, this is you know, it's, it's toxic. It's decaying my soul. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying instead of me being focused on what can I say, I'm now more focused on what am I, what am I hearing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's still very important to me. Uh, but what it's allowed is it's allowed um, for all of those ideas or things, they've got to go somewhere. For me, and the the place they're going is more in a document that I'm actually working on because I've got to write another book. <laughs> so that that's where that's where all of that energy is is landing is you know in in that particular place. 
So there is some there is some real intentionality behind it of me trying to galvanize and and actually curate and aggregate ideas that are going to end up in some form or fashion showing up in book number three. Mm -hmm. What what are some things that maybe you've started doing in 2019? Um. Good question. I was thinking about this one. You know, the I don't know if I have any like major epiphanies on what I've I've started. Uh, you know, I've I would probably say this: the that I keep starting and restarting the the one year Bible. <laughs> uh, one because, one because it's, don't we all? So, so, no, no, it's so, so easy. It's, it's so, so convenient, convenient with you version. Mm -hmm. And. Um, so I, you know, I've started and I've started and stopped and then restarted about fifty times this year. So that that would be my one that <laughs> I keep like going. Yes, I need to do this. I got to be way more focused on on uh, you know that piece. And there, you know, there's some other things that kind of go into the quiet time or time with God, spiritual life that I tend to start and restart and start over. But I am I have tried to get back into scripture memory. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the three things, guys, that for me this year, and actually these are going to lead into next year, 2019, um, the three big kind of buckets for me were I want to be I want to be intentional about being a learner. So that was kind of the social media thing of quit thinking about what you're saying and more about what you're listening to. Um, I want to dive back into scripture and really be intentional about God's word, but also scripture memory. Mm -hmm. And then I want to be way I want to be way more intentional as well about prayer. And about leaning into to to the idea of prayer being prophetic, and that even myself, I'm praying for wisdom all the time and trying to to um, show up in people's lives and have a sense of of wise knowledge and words of knowledge and prophetic wisdom to pass on to them. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this a few times that it's it's shown up. And I'm I'm not a guy that came out of a you know sort of a historical church background where that was normal but i've i've had two or three instances this year of people that i didn't even know that well and i met them and all of a sudden this something got stirred up in me that the holy spirit stirred up in me and i'm passing on to them and they're going man you're reading my mail so i like that i actually um i want to lean into more of god like i want more of of who god is so that's that's been a I guess that would be a start thing this year that I've really found to be pretty um, energizing. And obviously, like, who doesn't want more of God? Like, nobody doesn't yeah. raise their hand when you ask that question. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to learning about or experiencing in 2019? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want I'm, I'm trying to get into, um, like we said earlier, more and more of the space of aggregation and curation. Um, I, I'm. I'm leaning a little bit more into the not not the only the business world, but the marketplace. Um, one of the things for me that I want to do more of in 2019 is is actually show up in in some places where I'm where nobody knows me or I feel kind of uncomfortable, if that's a better way to say it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and there's a lot of those places that still exist, obviously, for me. Um, but I like being I don't want to get stale. And it's really easy to get stale when you're in sort of the church world, the Christian leadership world, the conference world. I mean, I've kind of been there, done that. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to make sure I'm still showing up in places where I, I feel a little bit nervous. 
I'm like, man, if somebody knew I was, does anybody know I'm here? And if they do know I'm here, do I really have access? Like, am I going to get kicked out of this place pretty quick because they find out? I like be. I want to be in those kind of places to just mm -hmm. stir up some new courage in me. Yeah. Well, Brad, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. If people want to continue to learn from you, you know, find your books, where's the best place for them to go to do that? Uh, just my name.com and all the social media outlets, even though I don't post anymore, really <laughs> doesn't mean I won't. Yeah. Doesn't mean I might not come back with a fury January 1st and put like, you know, you know 42, 42 Instagram, Instagram posts up in one day. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but, but just my just name, first and last name, name is on all the outlets is the best place. place. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, thanks so much so for much being on the Learner's Corner today. OH. IO. That's pretty much the way that goes, Caleb. I only did that because he's an Oklahoma fan. Okay. So there you go. We had a, besides uh, barbing back and forth before we recorded, uh, hit the record button about Oklahoma and Ohio State. Um, man, just a ton of great stuff, especially about the curation part that he was talking about. Talk about so many great things, though. He talked about um, being a curator. He talked about um, being an influencer versus being a curator and, and, and how to just do that, that how to be behind the and again, just, yeah. to follow him, you could follow him on social media. He might post something, but definitely hit up his website, bradlominick.com, especially since he drops like a young influencer list every month. So if you're looking for people to follow and learn from, he's got you covered. He curates that for us. And on top of that, you're not going to want to miss next week because next week, we have a podcast that Caleb and I are doing. I know we keep saying it over and over again. We're going to keep saying it over and over again so that you don't miss it. We're talking about what we learned in 2018 and what we're looking forward to in 2019. Make sure and, and do not miss it. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Boom. How before we get to that? Oh, gosh. We're about to drop we, nuclear we bombs. We have one final conversation. We're about to drop nuclear bombs. And Who is this person that we're talking this to? This person... Somebody very special to both of us. Is very special to both of us. Has been a mentor in my, your life for six, over six years. Six years. My life for Seven. over 20 years. He knew you when you were a child. He knew me when I was a child. Um, and Still a child. was a very first podcast guest. He was our first podcast guest. His name is Kevin West. And, well. Literally, that's all you need to say. He's about, you're just. Here we go. It's fine. Well, Kevin, we're super excited to have you back on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Glad to be here. Kevin was numero uno for us. Um, <laughs> you were the, How many episodes you guys had so far? So this is episode 120. Wow. Wow. You, you guys had to be really excited <laughs> about, like, did you ever think you'd be doing episode 120 when you first started? No, no way. No, especially after like the first. I'm curious. Especially after like the first 10 episodes, which we regularly tell people all the time. We're like, those weren't the greatest. <laughs> we were like, yeah, we're probably, we're probably not going to be doing this for much longer. Well, well, this is really interesting stuff because, you know, I talk to a lot of people, you know, uh, as a coach who always talk to me about, you know, wanting to do a podcast. 
I think I may even send a few your way to talk to you guys about it. But where did it tip for you guys? Where did you guys get to the point where you kind of were doing this and you were dabbling and then you decided that, you know, we don't want to dabble. We want to master this. Huh, that's that's an interesting question. I remember I remember the first time that we actually started believing in ourselves. Talk to me about that. So we um, so up until about episode, I think it was episode twenty two. We had been like, reaching yeah. out just to people that we knew, and then episode twenty two, we reached out to this guy named Stephen Brewster, um, who is kind of like a creative coach um, in the church world, mm-hmm. and we reached out to him, and he said yes, and that was the first time that I was like, oh, like we can we can actually reach out to people that we don't know. And they might actually come on and talk with us, and, and we can learn from them. And Brewster, and Brewster's a pretty big deal in in like the creative world. Like, like Kevin, you'll appreciate this. Um, so Brewster, he works with big name authors, and his big claim to fame right now that he's that he's pushing. Shout out to Brewster is he does a lot of work with Elevation Worship. Mm. And and so like we were two kids from from Tuscross County, Ohio, and we. You know, we were just reaching out to other people and, and all of a sudden, you know, bam, we get this guy. And I remember both of us, we both called our mom. We were like, we, we called our moms. We were like, mom, somebody said yes. We were like, we were freaking out. We won the Super Bowl. I mean, we did. We had won the Super Bowl. And, and, I, and we went on a string after that where we we were pretty bold and we just started reaching out to everybody. Like I thought yep. like and after I, that, I thought Obama I, was coming on. Todd, I remember that phone call because I think we were sitting in Starbucks and we make the phone call and they're they're both like, that's awesome. We have no idea who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what though? That's the journey though, isn't it? I mean, the journey is this whole idea of anonymity. And then you know you're putting yourself out there. And a lot of people talk about they talk about hey, they want to do A or they want to do B. You know, we're going into a new year, so all these people are going to have these New Year's resolutions. And the podcast world is not an easy world to break into. So as you guys are breaking into the podcast world, you know, you guys are understanding, dude, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts. So going out there and get new people mm-hmm. to go and follow you guys isn't the easiest thing to do. You've got to steal people from other people. Yep. And you're trying to kind of make a name for yourselves market your idea in terms of what you want your podcast to bring and find your own your own unique flavor of how you ask questions, how you engage guests, um, what kind of perspectives that you want to leave people with, both in the church world and in the business world, or even in their own growth and life development perspectives. Because I think those are the things I picked uh, up the most on in the podcasts are the, the kind of eclectic approach that you guys take uh, to this, which is unique in a lot of ways, because you don't you don't have, everybody tells everybody to narrow the focus and it doesn't seem like that you guys have really done that. It seems like you guys have taken that broader approach. Was that by design or did it just kind of happen that way? I, I don't know about, I don't know about what Caleb will say to this, but I, whenever we first, when we started doing this and we first started really reaching out to people, I had a lot of folks who told me, you know, you're never going to be successful unless you narrow your focus. Like you need to become a church leadership podcast. You need to become just just do leadership or, you know, um, just do businesses or marketing or whatever. <clears throat> I don't think that was 
for us, I don't know what we thought we were going to do exactly when we first started it, but what ended up happening is <clears throat> we've we've kind of figured out this this you're right this this whole we kind of created our own niche we just kind of created our own thing which some of the best podcasts um right now that that are are being launched aren't the ones that slate launches or that you know these these big media corporations are it's it's people who have really great ideas and they just double down on it so yeah, I I don't know I don't know exactly how to answer that in terms of in terms of the whole um, what we expected it to be though because I don't I still I don't know about Caleb but I don't I don't feel like we've made it yet like we we're we're still grinding on we're still grinding on that yeah we're still grinding I uh, I think the big thing for me has been I've just wanted and I think we've both done this to a certain degree. We're just pursuing the things that interest us, and we know that there's a lot of people who are like us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there may be – like for our podcast, we talk literally about every, every, everything, mm-hmm. um, and we just learn from it. Because So there's an episode to where we'll talk about leadership or self-development or communication skills and stuff like that. And then, you know, maybe within like two or three episodes, we'll talk about, you know, gender equality or we'll talk about um, – uh, racism or something along those lines. And I just think that, you know, there's, there's more people who are like us than we realize. And I just really think we're going after the person who's, who's really like us. And we just assume that there are those people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think the thing that sticks out for me as an observer of your journey so far um, 124 episodes, correct? Is that this is 120, 120, 120 episodes in the game in doing this, uh, is that, um, and I'm probably going to royally screw this up. You might edit it out, but it's something where it's like, it's like, what does it mean to be, um, uh, intentionally ignorant? In in other words, you're, you're inviting this level of acceptance of ignorance to talk about subject and broach subjects that probably aren't your most popular episodes, but may have, some of the biggest long-term impact mm-hmm. in people's lives. I think we tend to skip over those episodes because I'm not interested necessarily in feeling bad about my racist views or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know that I'm not that or when it comes to gender equality or when it comes to a lot of the things that you guys have broached in the context of took risk on. And I would call it risky because those aren't the things that necessarily people sign up for, like right off the bat to go and say, hey, I can't wait to go learn this podcast and, and learn about gender equality. You know, and it's usually not something you're signing up. You want tactics is what I'm saying. Yeah, people – because people the – yeah. the sexy episodes that we do is when we interview Carrie Newhoff or when we interview, you know, Dan Pink or, or some of those people. And that's what the, – the tactics is what people are drawn to. And we always see huge spikes whenever we do like – we bring somebody on and talks about leadership. Those are not necessarily the ones that fascinate Caleb and I the most, though. And that's why where we've tried to remain pretty distinct in our in our thing where we're not going to limit ourselves to one of those things just because that's what gets us ratings. Because we truly like to do this podcast, and we spend eight to ten hours every Friday <clears throat> working on this because we we genuinely are interested in talking to really fascinating people 
who have interesting perspectives that don't necessarily line up with the views and backgrounds that we've been raised with. It's just fascinating. Though. Yeah. And I think, and Todd, you can talk about this too, but I've reached the point with the podcast that if the only thing that help happens out of this <laughs> is that I expand my worldview and continue to grow as a person, I'm okay with that. Mm, that's good. And if it helps other people, that's great. But I know for sure it's helping me. Well, it gives people permission to be learners. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's consistent with the brand of what you're saying. This is a learner podcast. We we kind of we work hard, I think, sometimes to stop being learners. Yes. You know, we focus so much time and attention on, you know, this is what I know and this is what I can control that I know that it's harder and harder to venture into things that I don't. Mm -hmm. And especially as people get older. So in, in the context of of going there consistently, constantly stretching yourselves and be malleable, you know, in light of your learning is huge. And I would just continue. I would just encourage you to continue to do that because uh, I, I think you're right. Don't I, I wouldn't even look at the views anyway. You know, mm -hmm. why look at all the metrics when you're still grinding? Yep. Right. So grind and just keep grinding and, and see what happens. I think when you look at other people who've been successful in the blogosphere and in the podcast sphere and everything, it's just dudes who just keep putting it out there. Yep. And eventually the, the right people bump into them, either Asian or through, you know, one of the people that you've interviewed has his followers that follow them that bump into you that all of a sudden start liking you. I think you guys have done it all the right way. You've grinded, you've worked hard and you've hustled. And I just think at 120 episodes in, it's good. It's glad to be. I'm glad we're actually having an, an 120th episode, you know, and this is cool. Yep. I, I'm cool. With that. We got a lot of that from you, though. Our guests don't know much about you in terms of your influence on us, but we got a lot of that from you when we were 18, 19, 20 years old. We learned a lot of that Good. from you. <laughs> <laughs> Not just then, still continuing today. Well, yeah, <laughs> we get we get Starbucks, what I call it, being put on blast in Starbucks. That happens. That does happen. <laughs> we, sit with Kev, we, we sit with Kevin and I drink my, my venti strawberry SI refresher with no water and light ice. And then Kevin's like, cool, good story, bro. How about this? <laughs> and then, yeah. and then uh, I'm left for the next well, half hour. Kevin, we want to talk about you today. This, okay. On this podcast, we are looking back on 2018. Okay. And just as we get started, what, what have you learned in 2018? I know that's kind of like a big question right there. I think there's a couple of things I've learned. I think one is I've learned the, the real power of being in a mastermind group. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, this year was the year that I took a risk, um, got involved in a mastermind group. Um, and uh, uh, it was uh, incredibly, incredibly challenging. And, and before you get, can you tell what a mastermind group well, yeah, is? Yeah, a mastermind group is, is basically uh, – where you make an investment, a financial investment, to be exposed to um, peers and, and people you look up to um, that, uh, that come from diversified areas, diversified mm -hmm. backgrounds. Um, most of the people that, that um, I did this particular group with were people who were involved in uh, the online um, marketing kind of world, um, but, but they also had a whole lot of other kinds of um, 
uh, businesses from doing real estate to, uh, you know, someone own their own uh, airline, small airline out west. And, you know, it's just, it, it you know, from, you know, marketing and, and internet marketing to good night. I mean, a, a number of, of things. So it, it just really from different businesses at different avenues of marketing from from different uh, approaches to uh, um, how they do business and how they communicate, uh, learning their skills in terms of influence uh, and acceleration, um, how they take care of themselves personally, uh, how they take care of their, even they take care of their voices. The level that, that when you get around people who are way further along than you, you start finding out there are a lot of intricacies to how they, they do self-care mm-hmm. and how important that is to their overall success. If, if there's anything that, that I've learned, it's been, wow, you know, being Im- impacted by that. Mm-hmm. So the mastermind piece of it has been, a, has been a big part of it for me, the collaboration side, the ch- being challenged, uh, um, the, the level of necessity that gets raised. We have comfort zones, but we also have necessary zones and being put into the necessary zone is a very, uh, impactful kind of thing when you're doing that on a regular basis with a group of people who are just used to doing that. Talk about the necessary zone. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, the necessary zone is, you know, it is really different uh, than the comfort zone. The necessary zone is uh, is a place where you go when uh, you put yourself out there. For instance, with the podcast, when you guys started the podcast, you know, you guys probably have a comfort zone until you started going after higher level guests. Mm-hmm. When you started going after higher level guests, the level of preparation, the whole game, how you produced it, how you edited it, it all changed, didn't it? Yes. And so when that whole thing changes like that, that creates a level of necessity. Well, pretty soon that necessity becomes a new normal. And then you have to go to what the next level of necessity is, right? Yeah. What does that look like? Is that where we start putting video in line of what we do? Is that in terms of, you know, and it requires the kind of tools that you use, equipment that you purchase, um, the the guests that you invite, uh, you know, everything that goes into your research, everything that goes into uh, what you do with the back end of it. You know, eventually if you say, hey, is this something we want to monetize? What does that require of us? And then when you have an audience and they become customers of a sort, I mean, everything kind of advances into some level of necessity. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned from these guys is when you start looking at your life in the the realm of verticals, you all have verticals. You may have like, for instance, in my business, I have a training vertical and then I have a coaching vertical. I have a consulting vertical. You know, I have a writing vertical. I have all these different verticals. And then what levels of necessity am I creating for myself at each of those things that are causing me to go to another level in my focus, in my approach, in my preparation uh, and, and everything else? So that's kind of what goes into the necessary zone. How do you how do you, that, how do you yeah, how do you determine when it's time to go to the next level? You talked to us a lot about going to the next level. How, what are some indicators for you when you can feel it when it's like, OK, I know that there's something where I need to step this up. I've learned this. I learned that confidence comes when you're where you're at the point where you think I can figure this out. See, there's a level of confidence where you just go, hey, I know I can bring my best self to whatever it is I'm doing. 
and I know that I can do it in such a way, and there's a level of confidence you start to build right at the very beginning of that confident climb where you start going like, oh, I feel like I got this, is when you need to change. It's when you need to create new necessity. It's when you need to refocus your approach. Because most of the mistakes that uh, that I get called into as a coach is helping people when they've crossed over that hump, when they've gotten over on the other side and they've been either too comfortable, too confident. Um, they're, they're not, they lose their sense of awareness of what they don't know. Uh, and they double down on what they do know. And the market has changed. Situations have changed. Their uh, value to the company has changed. Uh, there's all kinds of things that are moving parts in the world that we live today that really create, you know, those dynamics. And all of a sudden now I'm getting a phone call saying, hey, can you help this person, you know, kind of find their mojo again? Mm -hmm. You know, and and uh, as and that's where I, as a performance coach where I would sit down and go, hey, here's where we're going to have to do. You're going to have to create some necessity. And we're going to have to kind of bring that in. So. Knowing just that little confidence piece of it is kind of what I try to target in my questioning with new clients is start saying, where where can we go in the lowest level of knowledge that you're confident enough in that it can start to get you in trouble quickly? Mm -hmm. So you've talked about the mastermind group. Is there anything else that's had uh, that you've learned a lot from or learned the importance of? I think the one thing that I've learned the the uh a, a lot about this year too in terms of my own personal performance is um how i manage transitions um i i you know when i coach basketball it was really interesting when i coach basketball uh i was a varsity basketball coach for about 10 years and in practice um i used to uh change all the dynamics of the game so in other words we'd be right in the, in the middle of a drill and then I would uh, blow the whistle and put the ball on the sideline and, and call a sideline inbounds play. And all the team would have to drop everything they were doing and run over there and try to run that play. And then he would always get it wrong. I, I tried to create all these because basketball is a game of, of change. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so, uh, I, you know, I really never thought about that. And then in my mastermind group, one of those things we talked about where I started looking at high performers, I started looking at they do a really good job of managing transitions. And when I started looking at how many transitions I have in a given day, either moving from a task to another task or moving from a client to another client, there are gaps in between that force me to change a whole lot of things that are going on. My chemistry, my focus, uh, my awareness, uh, all those kinds of things have to adjust before I go into whatever's next. Well, I started looking at my most unproductive seasons. And when I started looking at my own productive season, I started realizing that my transitions were horrible, that they did a, a poor job of really planning my day of the in-between. I was always good at planning the time that I did what I was doing, what I was doing, but never the time in-between. And as I really started to take pay attention and, and drill down on that transition time mm -hmm. and what I actually do in a transition and how I prepare myself for what I'm doing next, how the level of productivity, the level of focus, the level of um, adding value to uh, my customer or uh, my client uh, increases significantly. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one huge takeaway, especially 
in the second half of the year. So what does that look like to manage the transitions? Well, like, what do you do to help you with that? Well, first of all, I have to block it. Mm -hmm. So I have to look at uh, my calendar as I schedule my calendar and take a look and in terms of what I'm doing and then where are the one, what are the transitions that um, I usually go red, green, yellow. Mm -hmm. So um, I have a red transition, which is a significant transition. It's a transition that I might be going into a pitch where uh, I might be, you know, having a, an opportunity to meet and maybe get a new client. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that I, in that pitch, I got to be like totally dialed in. So that red transition is really key. It's a lot of preparation. A lot of it is what kind of questions I'm going to ask. My yellow transitions are more uh, might be between client meetings and might what uh, might be what I do in a car. Mm -hmm. So I might be driving from one client. Uh, to another client, I have a 30-minute drive. So in that yellow transition, I have a, a very systematic series of things that I do in that yellow transition that go, you know, um, it, what do I need to capture? What's in my head from my last client mm -hmm. that I need to get out? So I might like record. I might push my uh, uh, voice notes on my phone and take my voice notes. So then that way my mind is clear of things that I'm trying to remember because in the past I tried to remember everything my last client going into my next client. Then I got two clients worth of stuff I'm trying to remember to, to figure out what type of actionables or follow-ups need to happen out of that. It just got really crazy. Mm -hmm. So when in the yellows, I know if I could get it out of my head, if I can just be present like for a minute, like I'll actually do some type of breathing exercise while I'm driving and actually just kind of center myself and just like, you are here. We are in the car. We are going to a, when we get there, here's what we're going to do. And I set, and the third thing is I set intention. How do I set? What kind of intention do I want to set? What, when I go into that meeting, I'm going to say, Hey, Caleb, we're going to meet for 30 minutes. This is what we're going to talk about. And here are the three things that we're going to shoot for by the end of this meeting. Mm -hmm. If I can, if I can clear my brain, if I can get present and I can set intention, I am like 100 miles an hour going into where I need to go next. And I've learned that it's even that way with tasks. It's that way with uh, um, all kinds of interactions. We tend to clump meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. We do this a lot in corporations, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and even even in church on staffs. You know, you see just meeting blocks just are endless you know, one after another. And then what ends up happening is you lose traction by the end of the day because everybody's mentally worn out because they're still trying to hold on to everything they've had in those other meetings. Mm -hmm. So that's what kind of gets in there. And that's what that would look like. A uh, uh, green, you know, red, yellow, green. Green is just a simple, you know, um, you know, personal debrief. A lot mm -hmm. of it is just uh, what were sometimes a green one. I might just listen to music just to kind of like change gears. Mm -hmm. uh, I might listen to a podcast. I might listen to a, a book online. I like using Blinkist. Are you familiar with Blinkist? Yep. It's a great app. Um, has a lot of short, shorter versions, 35-minute versions of books, online books. Phenomenal. It's worth every penny you pay for it. Um, just things like that. Mm -hmm. So does that help give you red, yellow, green? And Yeah, I can kind of see whenever you would do the other transitions. When, when would you go, okay, I'm going to do a green transition here? You know, a green transition tends to be where uh, I'm maybe, let's say I'm leaving. Uh, I've had a morning of preparation mm -hmm. going to my first client. And so I don't have a whole lot that I have to really prepare for mentally. I've already kind of done that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just driving down the road. Sometimes lunch times are green transitions 
where I don't, you know, I just, yep. I don't want to think about it. I'm just going to have lunch, yep. you know, and I just want to listen to the radio or listen to whatever. Um, sometimes it's good to be quiet. I got that app called Calm. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that. Um, it's kind of this, uh, has different things where you can listen to rain or you can listen to the wind blow. And I know that sounds really kind of cheesy, but I do that. No, I don't I know. I, I use it too. At all. I use it too. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it just gives me a chance to do that. Sometimes I even pray, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in that world, you know, on that thing. So, yeah. So those are the kind of things that, that would encompass a green for me. Cool. Now, Kevin, what are some things maybe over the last year that you either started or stopped that have been pretty significant for you as, as you've developed throughout the year? Uh, you know, here's the thing. I think stopping um, is continual. Pro- you know, uh, there's a there's a there's an element of stopping things that I think you have to kind of look at uh, whenever you're doing, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, when we're going to another level or when we're perform- when there's performance necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I'm creating necessity, chances are there's a lot of stopping going on. Um uh, I used to get confused. I don't know if your listeners run into this in their productivity hurdles, but we get kind of like suckered into the flavor of the day on productivity kind of things. And uh, and so and I got kind of I got bit by that bug. So whatever new productivity thing came out or app or whatever it was, I would like try it out. And it just seemed like I was like running the Rolodex. For those of you who don't know what Rolodex is, it's a ca- bunch of cards <laughs> that used to have like everybody name in it back in the day now we have like we call those cell phones now kevin we call those cell phones now (laughs) yeah that's kind of what that is so so that whole thing so um but yeah i would just kind of you know uh you know take uh, i've learned that if i just take and, and just actually be just cognizant of what i need to stop um the one thing i've learned what's interesting guys with stopping is uh i don't necessarily totally stop forever like I start and stop, like some things are, are just relevant to mm-hmm. stop, you know, and it's just, okay, in the moment I need to stop this, but there's other times where I might start with a new client or I might be in a situation where I have a new level of necessity that just requires me to bring something back. So I, I used to be very like diligent about, you know, I'm stopping this and this is what it is and I need to do. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just started looking at things going like common sense just means common sense, you know, and just this, yeah, I need to do this again. And I stopped doing that, but it it just needs to reenter the the kind of the game. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I've kind of brokered into the whole world of stopping. Now pruning is become kind of my new version of stopping Uh because pruning has a whole lot more of stopping things that are good. When you get into the whole stopping things that are good part, that's where it gets hard. Mm-hmm. That's where it's like difficult and you have anxiety attached to it. But necessity also predicates that. So as you start saying, hey, you know what? There's this new level of necessity that, that in this new area that I'm leading that requires me to spend less time with person A and person B. You know, how do you do that? How, how do you prune that back? You know, because most of the time what we do is avoid them. And then it creates more sideways energy than you want Mm -hmm. rather than just have the conversation about, hey, my new focus requires me to to redirect my energy. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for right now, 
this energy isn't going to be going your way. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if you guys experience that at all, but it's it's not easy, especially when you get called into new things mm-hmm. or new challenges. Definitely. I uh, no, I can. I, I say, feel that. I think one of the one of what was that talk? You could speak to this well. I think one of one of the ways uh, that I um, really deal with this a lot is um, with consuming content. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly, that's a good thing. And, um, yeah, that's what I know. Every, all the podcast listeners know that I'm, I'm a huge podcast junkie. And so there's been plenty of times to where it's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this podcast and I'll let the episodes download because I think there might be the one thing that mm-hmm. will radically transform, you know, <laughs> everything yeah. that I do. And most of the cases it isn't. And I feel like I'm still not there yet. I still have listened to way too many podcasts. Um, but narrowing it down to like, okay, I know that these are the podcasts that I'm going to listen to no matter what I may experiment and I may try out a podcast. And once I start listening to it, it's like, okay, this is good, but I got to get rid of it. Mm. I run into that with books where I do a book moratorium. Yes. Where I have to stop myself because I consume so much information that like I, my mind, I don't know why this is, but I have this weird way of inserting a lot of things I'm learning into what I'm currently doing as a way to assimilate very easily mm-hmm. for me. But the problem is the level of complexity goes up dramatically in terms of like the audience. So mm-hmm. the people I'm and they're like trying to figure out what planet I'm on and where am I coming from with this all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel good that I can dispense it. But it does absolutely no good for the person I'm trying to coach mm-hmm. or the person I'm trying to lead or the team or whoever I'm working with. And so that's a that's a challenge sometimes. Um, and it's hard because it's easy to fall into the trap that if I'm not learning, I'm not good enough or mm-hmm. I'm not growing or, you know, and when the reality is, I think growth has a whole lot more to do with application than it has to do with with learning. And so I probably know more than I'm obedient to. <laughs> Safe to say. <laughs> I think that's true for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so just just that's as, kind of that's uh, kind of biblical. That's kind of that's kind of <laughs> biblical in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot there's a lot in church world that goes along with that one. Like, you know, I knew you. Oh yeah. So just as we're wrapping up, what are you most looking forward to learning about or experience in twenty nineteen? You know, 2019, it, it's, it's interesting. I'm, one, I'm thinking I'm interested in, in uh, starting my, uh, my own mastermind group in 2019. I'm not mm-hmm. sure exactly what that looks like, but I know it's on my list of things that I definitely want to I want to try. I, I benefited from being in one. Um, I think I want to extend that in some way, shape or form. So I'm excited about throwing something out there. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm still looking at what that is. But that's definitely something I'm interested in. Uh, I think something else that I'm excited about in in 2019 um, is the is the whole idea of of um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really been captivated by it, and I'm not social media at all. And uh, but this whole Instagram platform and what is happening with Instagram right now is quite quite interesting to see. Um, what that's going to look like in terms of the in terms of everything. I mean, your ability to to blog 
and and it's essentially you know video cast mm-hmm. and you know I can see a whole lot of people I see that blowing up even I mean it's huge now but I mean I see that really blowing up it reminds me of like right before podcasting blew up mm-hmm. you know because I remember when dude I'm a geezer so I remember like when blogs were new you know there weren't that many people doing them I had a really lame blog back in the day um, but I mean it just was. You know, it was kind of just kind of catching on. And then you just kind of watch that whole thing. And then podcast and we're not far behind that. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling there's going to be something in the light of that with Instagram. And uh, I think Facebook is kind of losing a little bit of its gloss. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there are no dummies. I think it's the reason why they own Instagram. So I think they're looking at how do they recreate that new level there mm-hmm. you know so i don't think facebook's going away by any stretch yeah but i just it, instagram kind of really is on my brain right now figuring out how do how do i connect with people that are going to be doing more mobily than ever before i think computers are going to have a lot less attention i think i think there's a lot of things in the people that i'm listening to and the things that i'm reading right now and i'm consuming are, i mean i agree with mm-hmm. you know i think we're going to do a lot less with iPads and notebooks. I think we're gonna do a whole lot more with our phone than ever before. Oh yeah. So I think 19, I see that as a pivot year. Cool. For them. Well, Kevin, I know people are gonna want to continue to learn from you. Where's the best place for them to go to do that? Hey, um, yeah, they can, uh, it's interesting. I'm on Instagram and I don't know what I am on Instagram. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Kevin's Kevin's handle. Kevin's necessity, I am. Uh, what is that? Uh, <laughs> Kevin's handle on Instagram is Invisible Insights. You're just Invisible Insights, Thank you. dude. Yeah, I know that we'll be launching KevinWest.com or KevinOS.com here pretty soon. Actually, it's Kevin West Insights. There we go. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, but is it you that what it is? InvisibleInsights.com. I yes. thought you had InvisibleInsights.com. Um. I- and I'm also at invisibleinsights.tumblr.com if you want to look at some old bloggage. <laughs> awesome. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for being on the Learner's Corner today. It is an honor, gentlemen. A true honor. Thanks for having me back. Okay. So I know you're going to want to connect with Kevin. Hit him up on social media, on his website. Check out Invisible Insights. You're going to be watching um, his stuff. He's about to launch oh, he's, a heck of a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have him back on the podcast to talk about Oh, my that. goodness, and yes. you're ready to get your mind blown. Blown. Again. So, if you enjoyed this episode, first of all, let our guests know. Tweet them. What you've appreciated from them. Instagram them. You can em. find all of their links. Go to the uh, website. Social media stuff in the show notes. Anything that they talked about, whether it be resources or books or websites, podcasts, anything like that, whatever they do, look in the show notes for it. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, buckle up because next week is coming and we have another phenomenal episode for you where we break down what we learned in 2018, all the stuff from music, culture, movies, podcasts, books, life. I go crazy about Stuff. Migos and Quavo. All of that. That's a little tease for you. All and of it. The best way to make sure you don't miss that episode is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever podcast player you use. And while you're at it, you might as well leave us a rating and write a review. 
It's pretty easy. How long does it take, Caleb? Less than a minute. And you can do that. It's a great way to help us. If you've been enjoying our content, I really ask that you would take the time to do that. It boosts it boosts us in the podcast ratings on Apple Podcasts. And we will shout you out if you leave a rating and write a review. Well, let me say, we'll, we could shout you out if you leave a review because we will actually know who left the review. Because we know stuff. Boom. Because so, my name's the Godfather. I love how that is your default to I know this because I am. Well, who, well who's going to – are you going to question it? No, you're not. You're just nope. going to say, oh, you have a nickname. Okay, well, clearly you know stuff. <laughs> That's my logic. At me, and, bro. And that has been today's episode. My name is Caleb Mason. My name is not Caleb Mason. It's Todd Hicksonball. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>